are listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from the middle of the country, somewhere in the plains, near a river, on some acreage, where I am taking it incredibly too long with this intro. I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. Podcasting from Piedmont, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Come on, man. You can't, you're making me look bad. That's two minutes. My intro's too long. Yours is too short. Well, I got some extra long clips, so I'm... I'm making up for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, last week you put out the call and you said, send you raw milk. And so has any don't No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> talking about the 5G and uh, somebody, oh, took, yes. somebody took us up on that, huh? Yeah. Henri Abe on No Agenda Social and a listener of our podcast. Sent me the or recommended the Dell Big Tree podcast, and you know I'm I was aware of it but hadn't listened to it very often. And uh, yeah, they they covered five G well. I, I learned a lot. That's awesome. All right, well, should we get into it? Yeah. Well, uh, let me. So it is Dell Big Tree. Who most people probably know, talking to Daphna Tackover. I might say have said her last name wrong, but she is a lawyer for RF uh, for Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s organization that's suing the government over 5G stuff. So uh, 5G is a very con- very confusing concept. I mean, we've been saying we've been told that 5G has been already launched. So why is it not being launched? So 5G is really different than 4G, 3G, 2G, and 1G. So 1G, 2G, 3G, and 4G were technologies, actually technology. 1G was calls, 2G was calls and text, 3G was call, text, and a little bit more data. 4G was call, text, and a lot of data. 5G is not a technology. 5G is a concept, is an infrastructure that's supposed to allow the Internet of Things, driverless cars, and anything and everything that will come uh, moving forward. So it's, okay, it's not so just very clearly, it's not... You're saying that those other 4G, 3G, 2G, 1G were actual technologies. 5G was just a concept because I thought I was hearing about like... It's a concept like, and a technology. Okay. It's a concept and a technology. So first and foremost, a, techno- a concept that we're supposed to now connect things, not only people. So it's not one language. Uh, 4G uses a language that's called LTE. That's how 4G devices communicate. 5G is a concept that's supposed to enable... Uh, um, Internet of Things uh, networks, which means that we're going to uh, interconnect tens of billions of of devices. So anything and everything in our house, environment, going to have an antenna, and they're going to communicate and intercommunicate. So your laptop will talk to your refrigerator, to your laundry machine, to your tea kettle. Um, You know, they now have uh, diapers that have an antenna, so they text the mother every time the baby poops. So all of these 
billions and billions of devices want to be interconnected. And for that, we need a much more intense infrastructure of antennas because you have many more devices that you need to interconnect. So we need to create a big infrastructure. And that is what 5G. Now you have to create solutions on how to create these massive networks uh, that interconnect anything and everything. And the way you do it, um, there were different ways about how to do it. So in the beginning, they thought that they would put what we all heard about 5G millimeter wave networks. Yeah. Uh, millimeter waves. Uh, so let's, let's maybe I should explain a few words what it is all these frequencies and, and help the confusion. So okay. frequencies that transfer all this data are electromagnetic frequencies. We have an electromagnetic spectrum. Okay. Um, um, and we have a lot of different uh, frequencies. Fre another word for frequency is a wave. Okay. Uh, the higher the frequency, the higher the the more waves it have per second. So okay. we measure frequencies in hertz. So a fr frequency of one hertz means that it has relation per second. A frequency of sixty hertz, which is, for example, our 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 home electricity, will be sixty oscillation per second. For one technology, we use much higher frequencies. Frequencies that between three kilohertz to three hundred gigahertz. So that would be three thousand uh, uh, hertz. Okay. Um, and um, and it's basically those groups of frequency we're using for us, uh, uh, technology called radio frequency between three kilohertz to three hundred gigahertz, which means three thousand hertz to three hundred billion hertz billion, so three hundred billion oscillations per second. Okay. Right now, most of the wireless technology we've been using for cell phones, Wi-Fi, has been between. Um, 600 megahertz to, um, to, to actually 5 gigahertz. So okay. from um, 600 million oscillations per second to seven to, uh, sorry, to, uh, five, to 5 billion oscillations per second. Okay. Uh, millimeter waves, again, they're still radio frequencies. They're just higher frequencies on the same group of frequencies. They're mostly between um, 30 gigahertz to 300 uh, uh, gigahertz, or 30, uh, million, 30 billion hertz to 300 billion hertz. Okay. So the higher frequency is the one we've been using. The problem is the higher the frequency, the most easily it is obstructed by things in the environment. Okay. So you need to put many more antennas in closer proximity so they don't lose connection in order to, to have this network working. Um, that was not a very smart idea to begin with. While this net with this kind of frequency can deliver much more data, they have much bigger bandwidth of data, like bigger roads. Again, they're easily obstructed by things in the environment, and so they're not very practical. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile bought these frequencies already um, three or four years ago, but um, those networks that were offered, they were only in very limited spaces because they literally could not create that big network. So um, after that didn't work too well, so, and so, even so though let me, we let me, just, let me just get this cleared. I want to make sure I understand. So all the the talk I heard, five G or these millimeter waves, super high frequency. They don't penetrate through trees and environments and walls very well. Correct. So we need more of these closer to you. All these health experts were telling me that this millimeter frequency is going to basically rip our cells apart. All of this. And you're saying that they basically scrapped the millimeter waves that we've all been talking about 5G. They did not scrap. They, they're using it in different ways than they, than they planned to. Okay. But now, and that's a story that goes behind the problem. But it wasn't good for the cell networks. They it didn't, was not it, good. It was okay. not effective. Phones were getting hit because they didn't have enough family. So they were like moving to the 4G. So it was not very practical. Okay. Um, eventually. In 2021, the FCC 
did another auction and decided to sell. So after the industry was working how to make it work, this 5G that they promised anyone, they decided they probably need to work on lower frequencies. Okay. So um, they decided, so, so they basically bought from the FCC the frequencies which are called the C-band frequencies, C-band. which are between 3.5 gigahertz to 4.2 gigahertz. That auction took place a year ago and they paid $81 billion for these frequencies. Okay. So these frequencies do travel much better than the millimeter uh, wave frequencies, and they're a little bit fast, like they can carry more information than the, um, let's say, seven, 800 megahertz frequencies, 2.9 gigahertz frequency that we're using until now for cell phones. Okay. So they can get more data a little bit faster, but not as fast as the millimeter wave. So um, basically, they kind of changed their plan. Some of it does have millimeter waves. Usually, you have millimeter waves in center cities or in stadiums or in airports, okay. but not really so much uh, all over because you need to make sure that these waves go farther and they cannot do it with the millimeter waves. Okay. So here we go, they bought a C-band. So now, so we, so we on- scrapped, we, in many ways, they said, we're not going to use the millimeter waves to drive the cell phone service. So they went and purchased this mid-band wave group or C-band and said, let's grab that. They paid $81 billion to buy that mid-band now and and get rid of this thought we all had that we're going to the super high frequency. We'll use it in some places, but mostly the new network's going to be built in mid-band. Okay, I'm with you. And the problem with that band of frequency was actually um, uh, mostly used by the military. So they actually, FCC had to work with uh, uh, with the military to get them to move to other frequencies. And again, that was exactly the problem that happened with the airlines because they were doing more, uh, doing first and then figuring out the mistakes. So nobody, I guess, figured that planes use those frequencies for their safety. Uh- All right. So that, that filled in some gaps for me because uh, we, you know, we had talked about quite a bit of that stuff, but I had some of the same questions as Dell Bigtree. Like, wait a second, I thought it was the millimeter wave. 5G was the millimeter wave stuff. So this kind of clears it up. They, the 5G is the millimeter wave stuff, but the 5G that was rolling out recently, and then some of it was delayed for a couple of weeks because of the around airports, was something a little bit different. The 3.5 to 4.2, the C band or or carrier carrier band stuff. So and she is uh the gal who works with RFK Jr. on the five G lawsuits and whatnot, right? Yeah. And they actually just won a lawsuit. So nice clip that part, but yeah. So Okay. So she kind of knows what she's talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that filled in some blanks, and then she's got some some other inf- interesting information. Again, sorry for the long clips, but I, th- I think it's worthwhile. 5G, everywhere we launched 5G is where we're seeing COVID. You know, people wanted me to cover this topic. I'm not going to ask you to get into a lot of detail, but that COVID is really just the symptoms of the 5G rollout. But on the other hand, I have people that tell me your phone's not capable of 5G. It's still 4G. We're not on 5G. And then you told me we jumped off of this millimeter waves for the most part. So what has rolled out? Has 5G rolled out? That's what I found shocking about these headlines was, wait a minute, I thought 5G was already rolled out. So 
What is and is not rolled out right now? So as I said, there's some there's some millimeter wave uh, antennas that were rolled out, especially in major cities. Otherwise, there's a lot of other antennas. Mostly, for, a lot of them are 4G or the work, for example, uh, Verizon called 4G Plus. Um, there's T-Mobile that actually bought the lower frequency, 600 megahertz frequency that reaches very far distances. But again, it's not the millimeter wave 5G. Some of it is, some of it is not. It's basically, uh, and, and they did not even provide the promise that, you know, they promise us faster download speed. Uh, there's numerous articles that, that all of this 5G faster, it's a lie that actually many places and most places 4G is faster. Um, there was a lot of fraud, and those companies constantly misled the public. Uh, for example, AT&T came up telling people uh, with a cell phone that have 5GE on it, 5G Evolve. It's actually, there was no 5G, and actually they were ordered to remove that because it's a lie. So there was some system of 5G, but depends, again, what it is that you define as 5G and whether or not those network that they told you 5G and faster, they're, whether or not they're faster. And actually, most of them were not faster than a 4G. And a lot of the phones actually moved automatically to the 4G because the 5G was not really there or was not really better or actually were uh, hitting the phones. So it's 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 not a real thing. Um, real it is seems that that 5G mid-band for, uh, uh, network that has been uh, deployed will provide those faster uh, uh, um Somewhat faster networks. Okay. Again, it would not be everywhere. I do want to make a comment about the health effects that you mentioned before. So wireless technology is harmful, whether it's 5G, 4G, 3G, 2G, 1G. Those radio frequencies that transmit information, especially in dense information, like you know the movies that you download, those those um, carrier waves that carry this information, carry the movie, your talk, uh, that information is being put over those carrier waves. And they have high, uh, they, they use numerous frequencies, constantly changing. And that is something that adversely affects our body, our nervous system, and numerous systems in our body. So 4G is very harmful. 3G is harmful. Wi-Fi is harmful. 5G is also harmful. And there's no doubt, even though there are no specific studies on 5G modulations or la what we call language, um, and uh, there are a lot of studies on millimeter waves that shows that it's harmful. Um, there are studies, uh, and not just that, because the infrastructure is so much more intense. Um, until 5G was deployed, there were about 300,000 cell towers, which is a lot. But 5G was supposed to add 800,000 cell towers. Wow. Large percentage of those towers has been added as a result of this massive de deployment for the 5G infrastructure. So you're saying it doesn't matter if it's millimeter waves or not. We're getting pounded from closer distances, uh, this mid-band frequency. And tell me just very quickly so I understand it, you know, this carrier wave. Now, the carrier wave might have been the millimeter. We got rid of that. And we think, well, it's Correct. a 2G or 4G or, or with even lower when it comes to um, uh, T-Mobile. But that carrier wave isn't really the only problem, right? I mean, th th that's right. where the science is done is on, on the carrier wave. But what Correct. are they doing to the carrier wave? So one of the major uh, uh, claims we brought to the court was the, the radiation. You know, we all talk about radiation, but talking about radiation is helpful to industry. Radiation levels are important, but it seems that the more bioactive element of this technology is the pulsation and modulation of these frequencies. So it means, so you have a carrier wave. For example, for Wi-Fi, it's, it's 2.45 gigahertz. So it's 2.45 uh, 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 billion hertz. So 
that frequency only carried information. It carried that movie. It carries that email. You, have to, you actually have to put the actual movie, the actual text you're writing, the actual uh, email you're writing on that wave. So you can imagine a wave is like something thick, and in it there's a lot of small waves, which is the actual data that you're transferring. Okay. And how you do that, it's called modulation. You modulate that signal, that signal to have a lot of other small signal, which is the data. And that is something which is bioactive. And an easy way to explain it, it's like fluorescent light. You know, a lot of people can get seizures from fluorescent light. Right. And the reason is that the fluorescent light is flickering. And something that is flicker is more complicated to our nervous system. And that can cause serious bio effects. And that seems to be the problem with the exposure to pulsed and modulated radio frequencies. They interfere with our body system. And what seems to be the problem with the 5G modulation, they are pretty intense modulation because they want to transfer more data faster. So they have to jump very quickly between frequencies. And it seems, although there's no study so far that was done on the actual modulation of the 5G technologies, um, because we know that those technologies are much more intense and variable, it's very likely that they're going to be even more harmful than previous modulation. All right. That is interesting. And I think I can tie that back. I've watched uh, a couple of guys on YouTube. They just destroy phones. Like instead of when they get the phone, the phone comes out and they say, ooh, look at this unboxing and look at all these cool features. <laughs> they do the, ooh, look at this unboxing, but it's so rewarding for them to immediately like, oh yeah, check this out. And just like flop it down the desk and like, he immediately takes a razor blade and sees how hard it is to cut the to scratch the screen to see if it's as, as scratch proof as they say, and then rips it apart, sticks stuff in the sides of it, and uh, just you know basically just want to see how well it's made, how easy it is to fix. I you know those those are my jam. I love those phone review videos. But uh, a bunch of people that do this found some very interesting things out about these phones i have a one minute clip right here this guy grabs an old phone he's just going to tear it apart uh switch out some parts with another phone and then sell it for more than uh for more than he, he bought it for uh it's one minute but it, you know midway through he gets a surprise we're going phone hunting we found an s20 plus listed for 650 we got it down to 380 let's go pick it up we got the phone oh it came with pretty much everything you could need case, charger, and earphones, which is nasty. The screen still works, so that means it's still worth some money. We're gonna swap it out for my other's 20. Take off the plastic, cook the Samsung. So this phone's actually a demo unit. The phones that they show in stores. Remove all the internals. Now it's empty, we can fill it up with these internals. Pry with the iShitakin. It actually works well. I need some new anime to watch. Comment your favorite one and I'll check it out. Remove the back glass. Is it always orange? Wait, 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 there's no 5G antennas. This one has it, but this one doesn't. Samsung, you have some explaining to do. The box literally says 5G. That's super unfair. Transfer everything over. Subscribe. Charging port, the battery, the board, glue on the back glass. Now we can resell this. One of the S20 5Gs had the 5G antenna. One of them did not. And this whole thing has just been a scam of marketing. As far as I can tell, you know, with the old 5GE from uh, AT&T, which, you know, it, it's hilarious because it was not 5G at all. Not 5G at all. And it's not not going to be faster. 
and we'll get into that. Well, th- and that's, I, I remember that. Okay. So last, not this past November, October, November timeframe, but the previous October, November timeframe, I'm still employed at Land Rover, of course, and living in Seattle and everybody got their new iPhones and this was the new 5G iPhones. <laughs> Every single person, including myself, noticed that it was slower. Slower than the previous iPhone that they had. Right. Everybody. And my, I had like a the cheap one, the super, like the SE, like the still had a push button and all the stuff uh, from like the year before. And it was like supposedly like the retro version or whatever. You know, it was like an, essentially an iPhone 8 with some upgraded internals. Still faster than my 5G enabled uh, iPhone. So anyway, I, it's cool in the settings. You can actually say, no, I prefer LTE and uh, you can do it that way. So anyway, uh, it seems like it's always been a scam. Yeah, but, but now they've put $81 well, billion dollars in it and they're going to put over a million towers around the country. Yeah, so the, it's gone from 300,000 towers to they were going to add 800,000. And even though 5G in some ways has fallen apart and they're not doing what they wanted to do or said they were going to do, they've still put most of those 800,000 in. So we've likely gone from 300,000 to a million or somewhere in that neighborhood. Wow. Which, Which makes a difference. And, you know, like she, like Daphna talked about there, it's all bad news. Like it's not like, oh yeah, 4G is fine for you. Just pump that through your body all day. Uh, it's this other stuff matters too. And in this last clip, she talks about a little more about Wi-Fi, but also Bluetooth. Bluetooth is Bluetooth the same as Wi-Fi? Because Bluetooth, you know, I'm using my phone. It seems to only work in close distances. Does that mean it's got a weaker frequency? Is that safer for me? Or, you know, where are we at with Bluetooth? No. Oh, my God. Bluetooth, essentially, it's Wi-Fi for close distances. So it's from your phone to your uh, uh, AirPods, from your phone to your car. So there are Wi-Fi networks for close proximity and therefore very intense. And um, I do recommend people, there's, uh, you know, this technology, these waves that you go in the air and go through our body, we don't see them, we don't smell them, some of us feel them, uh, those who get sick from it, um, but it's like invisible harm. And I do recommend people to go and buy meters, they call it radio frequency meters, and you can buy them in a lot of places online. And, and they make the invisible visible. And you will see that actually those Bluetooth networks are very intense networks. Uh, you show the airport. This is very intense network. Not just that, those airports that you put in your ear transmit nonstop levels of radiation, which are literally billions of times higher than those your body was uh, um, uh, uh, evolved to tolerate. And you have to remember, humans are electric beings. Your heart is electric. Your nervous system is electric. Your brain is electric. Your cells communicate electrically. Now you introduce this massive amount of radiation, numerous frequencies that your body identifies and feels. Some of these frequencies are the same frequencies in which your body works. For example, Wi-Fi router uses um, uh, a 10 hertz uh, frequency. 
which is called a beacon frequency. So when you open your cell phone and you tell it, oh, there's like 18 Wi-Fi networks, how does your, your phone know that there's 18 Wi-Fi networks? It's because the Wi-Fi router sends a constant beacon frequency, just like airport, telling your phone, I'm here, do you need me? And that 10 hertz frequency is the same frequency used by your brain. Alpha brain waves work on frequencies between 8 to 13 hertz. And just as we know from those airplanes problem now with the airports, when you have two antennas transmitting on the same frequency, they're going to be interruption. Wow. And there's studies showing, a lot of EEG studies showing that those frequencies interrupt and interfere with the brain waves. And it's not surprising that people cannot sleep, that people have cognitive problems from this technology, and they don't even know that that is the cause. What about, what about people that are wearing, like, say, Apple watches? I mean, that's got a frequency. It's going to be monitoring <laughs> their heart. It's right on their wrist. Does that have an effect? I mean, I'd see the ear pods and the ears, it freaks me out. But what about these watches? I can talk Those to the phone right on my Those wrist. Are the first thing to just, just get it off your hand ASAP. Um, in one of our cases, we had um, another case that I have against the FCC. Uh, one of the petitioners, the woman, she, she, got, she had sleep problems. She didn't know they were caused by the wireless devices in her house. So her husband got her as a gift and I watched to monitor her sleep. But then she started noticing that whenever she wears that watch, her hand becomes paralyzed, literally. So she started suspecting that it's it's the eye watch. So she moved it to the other hand, and the same thing been happening. Wow. So she called Apple, and she said, listen, my hands become paralyzed when I'm using those uh, eye watches. And after a long conversation, eventually one of the agents told her, we know that some people are reacting to these eye watches. We have no solution for you except don't wear it. She removed that eye watch, and she felt nothing. The thing is, the most two most common symptoms we've seen people from those eye watch as that pains in the head, even paralysis from the hand, or heart palpitation. So it's really ridiculous. Those eye watches were developed to allegedly help you keep fit and you can measure your heart. But by measuring the heart, they mess up the heart. There's like, as I said, like numerous frequencies coming out from the eye watches, the Bluetooth, the Wi-Fi, and those are billions of pulsations a second sitting on your wrist where you have a major nervous system going to your heart and messing up your heart. The worst thing you can do to your fitness and life is put those eye watch on your hands. Wow. Literally. I thought the watches were to make you healthy, man. Yeah, you can, it shows you how poorly you're sleeping. Because <laughs> that, that's really helpful. So It is helpful. I've, I've used it, man. I've used the watch to, or the phone to monitor sleep, but it's not helpful if it's also contributing to, to it. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's what she's saying. I used to use a sleep a sleep app that used the mic on my phone and turn it in airplane mode, but I'd use that and it would tell me, you know, like you got six hours, but you got like 40%, you know, good sleep because you were constantly tossing and turning, things like that. So I could see it's not a, it's a small step from there to, you know, putting, putting the watch on your hand and sleeping with it. And then you could see how restless you are. But all that is bad. It's what, it's what we're hearing what we're hearing you know and it's so convenient and it's being sold to parents as a safety device you know i've yeah. had co-workers say like oh it's great i've just got the little that i i watch on my you know the smart watch on my kid and i can open up an app at. and see exactly where they are yeah see, see where they're at and they can call if they need help or in trouble or what have you there's 
I'm not saying there's no appeal to it. No, there's but, definitely appeal to that for but sure. But when you when you combined eighty one billion dollars, and this is for round two plus all the billions they spent on the original frequencies, five mm-hmm. uh, G connect that idea with Internet of Things. Right, so I think we've we've talked about that plenty of times. So it's all part of the same agenda, and the the agenda is not make life more convenient for you. That is not the agenda. So the agenda is make life more convenient for the technocrats and being able to track, trace, and track, trace, and database every single person, every single object, tell what appliances are using what amount of energy in your house at any given time. You get the smart meters, the so-called smart devices, you know, Whatever you can do without, do without, probably the way to go. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I did notice, so uh, I live in the country. There's no way around it. Like, I'm, I'm out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm at the end of a mile-long dirt road. So somewhere in the middle of the country, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, uh, somewhere. Yeah, as vague they, as I, they'll find you any second. As vague as I am uh, saying, but I am definitely in the in the back in, in in the country at the end of a mile long dirt road. My point is, we noticed right away that our sleep was a little better, mm-hmm. and I think that is the lack of you know Wi Fi routers. Whereas yeah. I used to open up the phone or the settings on the computer, and where I was in Seattle, I mean it's. You know, 10, 12 to 15, maybe more. Yeah, 15 is probably it of different Wi-Fi routers. And you could tell, you know, we had a, we had a friend across the street. They had a husky, husky uh, flag out front. They're always wearing husky things. Every time the huskies were on TV, there's a husky, you know, husky game. They're watching it. And so you flip on the Wi-Fi and it's like, oh, go huskies. But the thing, you know, that's that's the name of the the Wi-Fi, and, I'm, and we immediately know who that is. But then I start looking at it. I'm like, man, this dude. So his router was as strong as mine, hmm. <laughs> or not his router, but yeah, his the signal. Yeah, the signal from his Wi-Fi was as strong as mine, and he was. I mean, it's got to be a hundred feet across the street or more, and because it's kind of diagonal across the mm-hmm. kitty corner. And it just kind of creeped me out. And I, I talked, I mentioned, I was like, man, you got some powerful Wi-Fi. He like kind of giggled. He's like, yeah, I got all the security cameras. And I got to make sure I can see everything. And so I got to get, I got a big router and I'm like, or a big, you know, Wi-Fi. Uh, security cameras. That's another networking device that especially Amazon and right others are using yeah. yeah the side the sidewalk but this was he this was a, a different one but yeah yeah i know what you're talking about it wasn't a ring doorbell but it was for all his different security cameras he had hanging around his house so um yeah that's but i knew like then i'm like man this is crazy this it, it, it's it's hard to well, I'll, for for a while i'll shoot you straight a- here it's hard to hear this stuff because it's so ingrained in our lives at this point it's it's mm-hmm. tough for a while, there was a trend towards running Ethernet cabling. Yeah, in your house, yep. and it was, and anyone, any tech guy will tell you wired is better. 
Yep. Just oh, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. If you're connected, so, it's way faster. If so, you, can- you know, I'm, I moved into a brand new house. Guess what? No ethernet cabling anywhere. It's like, oh, well, you just have them install your Wi-Fi and just blast Wi-Fi everywhere. Wait, oh, you, you don't have, you don't have. There's uh, no e- ethernet jack to plug into. No, there is. Well, f- from the router, yes, but I'm saying like there should be wiring throughout the house. Oh yeah, no, that's not happening anymore. No, you know happening. though, I bet you this house has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would look at, look into it. The, you know, actually, I think there's a yeah, there's a jack right there. Yeah, my my dad, uh, old internet guy. I bet <laughs> I bet there's yeah. uh, Ethernet throughout this house. <laughs> Plug it in. Yeah, there there probably is. There was, you know, I saw one one house that we looked at, and they had had that as a selling point. They're like, oh, there's Ethernet jacks all over the house. You know, interesting. So they it's it spent spent the money to have it wired up. It's not like it's if you do it while it's being built. It's not not that hard. Anything crazy at all. Yeah. Yeah. But no, just every everything's got to be Wi-Fi. Every or, you know, the, the cell companies don't even want you to have your home internet service. They just want the device talking to the cell tower and then beaming it out Wi-Fi in your house. Yes, uh, T-Mobile made that mm-hmm. pitch this last year. It was kind of a weird deal. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, it's hard to hear because I am I'm a podcast listening machine. I listen to tons of <laughs> podcasts and audiobooks and everything else. And so, do, does your phone not have headphone jacks? Oh no, no, no phones no. Of, as of late. I told you, you I told you, you have the newest phone that has a headphone jack and it does not have a capability for five G. I got no. you a great phone. You got Graphene OS. You're I'd set. Still be using the iPod Classic if you're, for the headphone jack. You're all set, bro. <laughs> you're all set. So no, mine doesn't. And I love the AirPods. They are so convenient, so cool. Uh, but. And also, we talked about last week, you said, hey, I I like the airplane mode because airplane mode allows me to, you know, not be getting the radiation. I can listen to my podcasts. The way I've handled that, (laughs) apparently, incorrectly, according to this last lady, is I leave my phone somewhere in the house and I can literally just walk around with the Bluetooth in. So I'm not getting the, the cell phone radiation, but instead, I guess I'm getting the Bluetooth radiation straight to the dome. Well, yeah, from the from the AirPods. Yep. You are at least not having the phone pressed up against the side of your head or Yeah. You next. Know, I mean and, and anecdotally, okay, like the the guy I knew in college who was on his phone constantly ended up with happened to have brain surgery. Really? You know, it's like Ugh. it it's just Stuff has been bad for a long time, but you know, whatever we can do to minimize it, probably a good thing. And I'm not coming away from say from the 5G is part of the COVID deal. So I think there's, I think that's a big part of the poisoning. Um, and this whole air, you know, airplane deal. I think it's it's real, and she, in the other parts of the interview, she talks about it, and she talks about what the specific issues are, 
But it's interesting that the airplane deal, which will get worked out, you know, they didn't spend $81 billion to not figure it out. Sure. But that gets talked about. That's okay. And then it'll be, oh, well, we figured out the issues with 5G. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Health effects? No, there's a, it's safe. If there were problems, we would have told you about it when we told you about the airplanes having issues. So, a couple things. One, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Boeing. I used to live eight miles away from the, the main Boeing plant. They always do something uh, wrong a lot of, with a lot of their... <laughs> With a lot of their planes, they had the the lithium ion battery that would catch fire, and then after that, they had the uh, the issue with the autopilot being programmed by somebody that didn't know what they were doing, and planes were misreading the ground and uh, crashing. I shouldn't laugh, but it was a big deal uh, about two years ago, right before COVID started. Remember Do, that? Is that type of plane still grounded? Uh, that was the seven three seven. No, no, no. They fixed that thing. That was because that was a software thing. And so they grounded them for a while and then the stock dropped, but then they started bringing them back out okay. because as far as I don't, somebody may correct me, but I think the 737 is what most planes in the U.S. are. It's not. I the, didn't think it was a 737, but. You didn't? No. 737. That was the, like, the new, the new biggest one that was the, had the issue, but. Yeah, no, it's the it's the seven three seven max. Sorry, disaster okay. looks to a software developer. So yeah, I've been a pilot for thirty years and a software developer for more than forty. I've written extensively about this. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So anyway, it's the seven three seven max. Major design flaws, software issues. They so it makes sense that they're on some sort of a wave that they're not supposed to be on. Also, kind of weird that only the military uses it and Boeing. <laughs> yeah. And that, that the military so, military apparently just like like oh yeah that's fine we'll we'll move our stuff it, yeah just I don't know something fishy there oh something fishy for sure and let's not forget uh I've I've went deep into a I think it was a four chan or conspiracy forum post uh, where everybody was talking about uh, hey can anybody explain to me why this much power gets fed in hmm. to the cell phone antennas. And a bunch of, you know, people way smarter than me get in there and start talking about, that's a lot of power. It actually doesn't need that much in order to send out, you know, do the task that it's doing. However, it's almost like they can turn the dial on these things and emit more radiation. It's almost like they can do stuff other than just complete phone calls. Yeah. Transmit data. Yeah, there's uh, the person... uh, I should have looked up his name, but the that I talked about last week, he, that's one of the things he talked about. Why is there so much electricity getting fed to these cell towers when, you know, you don't? And you, it's true, like to to run a, you know, a fixed wireless antenna, which I know is different, different technology, but it's just like one wall outlet, normal power, and it uses like twenty bucks of electricity a year. It doesn't wow. take a lot of power. So even obviously cell towers use more than that, but I mean, it looks like, I don't even know what to compare it to. I mean, it looks like you got to have your own power plant outside these cell tower sites, the the newer ones. Wow. So the 5G virus weapon system. (laughs) 
5G, uh, let's just say 5G weapon system, Internet of Things weapon system. Right, Internet of Things. And I, I talked, well, you and I have talked about uh, when I used to work at Volvo that their their whole plan for the future was not only these cars can stop themselves, but these cars will be able to see other cars. They'll be able to talk to other Volvos when they're driving, and then eventually they'll be able to talk to other cars altogether. And that way, if an accident's about to happen, they can stop it. Yeah, and that's how, you know, that was a... 5G will make your your smart car, your self-driving car work better. It's like, well, that didn't make sense with the millimeter wave stuff in, in a lot of ways because it's like, well, what happens when you get outside the city? Right, you know? So, because as far so as I understand this, it, the millimeter really, wave stuff is like line of sight. Like, it's not... Mm-hmm. You can't. And so this actually, with the C-band, you know, it's making more sense because not so much in the Northwest, but around yeah, here, no you kidding. put up a you put up a decent sized tower, and you can <laughs> you could send signal a long way yeah. without running into much of anything. I agree. So, yeah, I did. I noticed that too, man. That's so so true. In the north, driving through Kansas, it's like yeah. You, Put up a tower there, you could hit, you know, pretty much 360 degrees. I don't know. Um, well, I, I do know, actually, that usually this stuff we use maxes out at like, I don't know, 50, 100 miles on licensed spectrum. But We, driving back from the nearest town to this house, there's a certain point you can see two towers. Hmm. (laughs) because it's so flat it's so flat out here it's something that we're not used to from being the northwest but you know not too far from my house up the hill a bit they have three or four radio towers so this is kind of a high point you can get a view of the city here from a couple spots but uh, a lot of a lot of cell phone towers too and you're right it's it didn't make sense. This millimeter wave stuff. It's like, they're going to have to put this. It seems impossible. You have to put right. one every 200 feet in a neighborhood. Now that they're going to this mid band thing, that all starts to uh, add up mm-hmm. and make sense. Yeah. Just cranking up the, the number of towers, the number of antennas, the, the amount of data. And so, yeah, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're not going to get faster internet, but you'll have, you'll be using more bandwidth because they, they want you to hook up more devices to your internet connection. I'm excited about the uh, diaper thing, you know, <laughs> oh, the antenna and the diaper. That's going to be good. Let me know. Uh, apparently it's available. I haven't actually seen that, seen that product in stores. <clears throat> I don't know if diaper texts parent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing yet. Yeah. Nothing yet. Not, uh, don't put that on your baby shower list out there. <laughs> oh, skip the smart diapers. Your baby doesn't need it. Okay. So that's why it's just smart diaper. Wait a second. M- Mashable going against the grain here. My baby doesn't need a smart diaper. Come on. <laughs> what if, how am I going to know? But does your baby want a smart diaper? Come on. Indiegogo smart diapers. You may also be interested in. You're going to get ads for smart diapers. Uh, I doubt it. Not with the ad blockers and 
VPNs and everything on this computer. <laughs> not gonna get, <laughs> That's good. Not going to get anything. Going to get put on a, a freaking list, Andrew. <laughs> Going <Yeah. laughs> to get put on a list. Anyway. Well, that clears up the 5G stuff in a lot of ways, so I appreciate right, so, that. So today is the alternative hypotheses to a virus episode. Shh, okay. So, we, so we're kind of moving on to uh, Stephanie Seneff, who kind of has a twofer. We've got the exosomes and we've got glyphosate. Her, she's the one who wrote... Uh, toxic legacy that I've talked about several times and how, you know, glyphosate's in all sorts of stuff. Um, she's just a, most of the food we, we eat. Isn't she just a wacky MIT professor or something? <laughs> just, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she was bashed in the journals by someone who said she's not really that brilliant. <laughs> So, which is not, I don't think I clipped that part, but uh, Dennis Rancourt, who's on here with her, along with uh, Ryan Christian of Last American Vagabond, says, Well, you know, if you, you say like someone's not as brilliant as they appear to be, doesn't that mean that they're still brilliant? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. And it fits my model. I have this glyphosate susceptibility motif that matches that enzyme. So there's a whole bunch of proteins that I've identified that would be especially susceptible to glyphosate. And one of them is a whole class of proteins are these, um, these are immune proteins produced by uh, the immune cells. Uh, They're quite fascinating because they have something called a collagen like stalk and collagen is the most common protein in the body. It's all over the joints, the bones, the skin, it's everywhere. It's the glue really that holds us together. It's it's by far the most common protein. So I think twenty five percent of the proteins in our body are collagen molecules, and uh, collagen has this long, long sequence of GXY, 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 where every third amino acid is a glycine. That sequence is essential for forming the, this triple helix structure that collagen shapes into. That is essential for it to have its interesting properties in terms of being able to hold water, tensile strength, you know, flexibility, all the things that collagen does so well depend on that triple helix that gets messed up if you start substituting glyphosate for those glycines. Now, those collagen-like stalks are also GXY, 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 and they are they are attached to the end of these proteins, and they are in surfactant proteins, for example, in the lungs. Um, there, there's a pair of surfactant proteins in the lungs that are very good at trapping uh, viruses, for example, and other uh, pathogens. They trap them so that then they can easily be cleared. But they, uh, they won't even go out of the cell if they've got too much glyphosate, I feel, because I've seen, you know, mutations in these glycines cause severe disease, that they won't even um, exit from the cell. So they're just stuck inside. They can't do anything because they need to be in the surfactants to work. So, so I think that there's a major disruption of that process. Okay, so the that, that, the, the mechanism that you just described um, involves the very first immune defense that we have for for something that is transmitted through aerosol particles it, it, when you have to breathe it in. So you're right. really directly speaking to that uh, first line of defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you're saying that the long-term low-dose exposure to glyphosine makes us generally, potentially, according to your mechanism, more uh, less able to fight uh, uh, infections through the airways. 
exactly. That's, yes. That's interesting. And I know there's a very interesting story related to um, e-cigarettes. Um, really, really interesting because e-cigarettes have as their base um, a molecule called glycerol. And glycerol is the major byproduct of the of the um, biofuel industry, the biofuel industry. So when they take um, they take crops, for example, this biofuel industry is growing dramatically, in the last, especially in the last year or two. It's growing dramatically in the U.S. is a major player. Also, Europe, uh, Brazil. And these are all countries that are being hit really hard by by COVID. And so. A little noise out there. Is that OK? <laughs> I think we're just passing. So you're, yeah, in, so you're in Hawaii. You're in Hawaii, so there's bound to be a lot of wildlife and noise. And so <laughs> That's true. True. Yeah, we've got chickens. Um, so the um, the uh, so where was I? So then the glycerol is the base for the cigarettes. And so when you smoke the cigarettes, you're getting the glycerol into your lungs. And the glycerol is, I think, you know, very likely to be contaminated with glyphosate because you're getting what you do with the biofuels is you, you have the crop of wheat, you spray it with glyphosate right before the harvest, you harvest it. And then you take the stubble and you throw it on a barge, you take it down to a city, run it through a bioprocessing plant, and out comes biodiesel, bioethanol, uh, you know, biomethane gas, all these different biofuels. Um, I think they're all going to be contaminated with glyphosate. And then you've got the glycerol, which is the byproduct. That's for sure, I think, going to have glyphosate in it. So the e-cigarette problem is a problem in the lungs that the symptoms are pretty well matched to COVID-19. It's pretty much COVID-19 disease as far as the, the, the symptoms that they have. And it's a toxicity in the lungs that. What? <laughs> there was a short full circle back to the. Yeah. Do you remember you know, that? The, yes. Right before COVID, yep. there yep. was the, oh, yep. the weird pneumonia thing. And actually, let's just go ahead and play the second clip. It's just, it's just a short 40 second clip where she talks a little bit more about the same subject. Did not draw this connection because we've been talking about this since the very beginning in regard to this very weird vaping illness that was circulating in the United States that just so happened to be right around the locations of Fort Detrick and right around the locations of these mm. rare nursing homes that had this weird outbreak that was exactly like COVID-19, ground glass opacity lungs. They called it the common cold, which didn't make sense. So my question, my question is ultimately, I've always seen something there. I don't exactly what it was. People thought maybe there was something in that. Maybe this was covering up what was happening. My question, I guess, is twofold, is whether or not that, you feel that's tied to what you're talking about and then whether or not that in and of itself could become what we're talking about. In other words, whether that could be COVID-19 yes. is the glyphosate toxicity. Yeah, I wonder just that in myself. Book, but in other ways All too. Myself, right. That yeah. you wouldn't need the virus to get the symptoms, which is true. You know, wow. you wouldn't need the virus to get the symptoms. Interesting. So you get, you know, you get glyphosate poisoning that's happening on a, a broad scale causing pneumonia type illness. Then you, you get this cover story going, uh, you know, alternative media, Fort Detrick, Wuhan lab, mainstream media, you know, it came from what market in China and is spreading all over the place. And then you, you know, you freak people out, you get them, to go to the hospital and then you give them remdesivir and stick them on a ventilator and kill off a bunch of people once they get to the hospital. Then you take the people who, who are sick and there, you know, there does seem to be something that can be transmitted and there's 
We'll talk about explanations for that with these other clips, but then you put them back in nursing homes. So that's, I, you know, a lot of things that we've talked about and other people have talked about, but I, you know, maybe a little late, but it's finally all, I think, falling into place there. Well, and you, I see you have the Jason Burmis, uh, James Corbett uh, interview in, in your folder here. Um, did you listen to that? I did. Another thing they mentioned in that is that, you know, when you are predisposition, excuse me, if when you are told over and over and over again that there is this disease out there and then you start to fear it, it makes mm-hmm. you more uh, susceptible to catching said disease. Yeah, and especially if you're staying in, you know, right. staying inside and just absorbing media via your Wi-Fi all day long, instead of getting outside, getting sunlight, getting fresh air, getting you know, all the stuff we've talked about for for two years, and they they kept people inside, and you know, these big cities where. Stephanie Seneff talks about them burning biofuels. This is, you know, it's it's supposedly a green thing, but what you're actually doing is instead of gasoline, you're getting a bunch of glyphosate burned and expelled out uh, by automobiles. And Oregon, you pretty much couldn't get. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think you live in a very rare place now where, you know, Oil comes from here, Andrew. <laughs> so yeah. you go to the gas station, and no, now you, there's you, a new choice, and that's called yes. ethanol-free gasoline. <laughs> yeah, there, because there is a choice in in most gas stations. Some gas stations don't even sell anything with that ethanol, which yep. is nice. Yep, yeah. I have one in town right over here. So yeah, that's this is, uh, but uh, yeah, up in up in up in uh, Northwest, you know, everything contains ten percent ethanol. Which I think you may have been able to see more of a, a correlation between states that burned ethanol and states that didn't. But that's definitely not our only source of glyphosate exposure. So, so you're saying, if, I, if I'm hearing you right, <laughs> that glyphosate is coming out the tailpipe of my ethanol burning car, if I have. Yeah, that's it. That's not specifically in in these clips that I have, but that's in in Stephanie Seneff's book, yeah. And she uh, she correlates locations that had bad COVID nineteen and places that burn a lot of biofuels. The U.S. and Brazil both both high on those lists. So, do you remember E eighty five? Well, just eighty five. Octane or no, 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 E85, bro. You don't remember this? This was mid 2000s, okay. But uh, E85 General Motors came out with these flex fuel cars, and you still see them around because they're only Mm -hmm. 15 years old or something. But the flex fuel meant uh, E85 is the most common form of flex fuel available on the market because ethanol is corn-based. E85 gas is rarely available in the Midwest region of the United States. It's less available in other regions, especially New England, blah, 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 outside the United States, ethanol producers. Blah, blah. By research, shows that pure ethanol has a lower heating value than gasoline, so it makes it harder to start a car's engine in an area with a cold climate. This is 
difficult in cold cranking. Anyway, the E85 car was like going to be the next big thing. And it kind of pit, you know, it wouldn't start when it's cold. That's kind of a problem. Uh, no, but then you would use gas when it starts. Oh, okay. so it, that's why I called it flex fuel. E85 flex fuel, mm. um, E85 flex fuel general motors or GM. But yeah, there was a whole, a whole bunch of cars that, that came with that. Um, for a while. Yeah, look at this. This is all 2011 to 2017 GMC Terrain, 2012 to 2019 Chevy Impala, the Caprice. Well, you know, biodiesel stuff too. Yeah. There's, yep. I think my, my dad had a truck at one point that ran on biodiesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a regular diesel. This is like a combo of both. Anyway, it was a big deal in the car world for a while, and it was supposed to be, you know, you get this. It's got a higher burn point, and it would give you like better horsepower and good economy on burning the the over gas the e85 stuff but anyway it was uh yeah very just, oh here it is gonna, uh, so hold on a second flex fuel of engine can use standard gasoline and e85 gasoline that's between 51 and 83 percent ethanol e85 made by fermenting and distilling corn was supported by the u.s government to stretch the earth's oil supply and lessen pollution and create (laughs) agricultural jobs although many would quickly prove that diverting corn from food yeah isn't the best resource of energy and we may have too many vehicles in the u.s that run on ethanol since not, not just converting or changing corn to fuel but changing other crops over to corn for the fuel. I posit to you, because this was the beginning of the E85, or excuse me, the ethanol craze. I will posit to you that this didn't work out for them to burn as much of this crap as they wanted to. And mm. so they just started to go to like, let's just make it 10% of all gas. Mm. Makes sense. Then Hoping to relieve it- the oil demand, the U.S. government incentivized Ford to begin developing a flexible fuel vehicle in 1982. Between 1985 and 1992, they began to offer them to some customers. But it wasn't until GM and Ford produced the bulk E85 engines uh, in 2015. Anyway, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> okay. So let's, before we get too far off Sorry. track. Yeah, we're not really it. off track, but it was, I think that's an interesting element. And can always uh, tie stuff back to the car business. It's, it's America, man. Yeah. And but you know, with COVID nineteen, you can always tie it back to exosomes. So let's let's go on to clip three there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. <laughs> so are you going to tell people that, that you're a, a dirty terrain theory? <laughs> I think I've already told people that, but yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, where they uh, actually grew cells in human cells in culture. And they gave them a, a DNA vector um, exposure that caused them to make spike protein. So it's a DNA rather than RNA, but it's the same concept. They made the, these cells make spike protein. And they observed that they released that spike protein in the form of exosomes. These exosomes are really important. These are little lipid particles. I think when the immune cell is overwhelmed with spike, the only thing it can do is just package it up into these exosomes and ship it out. And those exosomes go out into the circulation. They travel in particular very well along the nerve fibers. This is very, very important because yeah. all those cells in the spleen that are making lots of spike protein and shipping it out in exosomes, I think those exosomes are gathering along the nerve fibers and traveling up the uh, vagus nerve up to the brainstem nuclei. And from there on to the other nerves in the vein, the, the, in, in the brain, the, the uh, facial nerve and the um, 
olfactory nerve. There's actually a really good signal. I found this really fascinating. I've been rummaging around bears quite a well, bit that, lately. That, that, that ties in exactly with Bell's palsy, which is the death of a particular facial nerve, isn't it? Exactly. It's yeah. really interesting. And there's like tinnitus, a huge response of tinnitus following the vaccine. That's the auditory nerve. The mm-hmm. olfactory nerve is really striking because, you know, the virus, we know this virus has the effect of losing the sense of smell. We, we've seen that. That's one of the, sometimes the only symptom that someone has. But the vaccine, you know, it's in the muscle. So how's it going to make you lose a sense of smell? How's it going to get, you know, you got to really think about that, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a huge signal. That's another one. 90, I think it's 96, 97 even percent of the cases of, um, and there's lots of them, of a loss of a sense of smell. Are, in fact, I have the numbers here, I think. Um, yeah, 4,266 cases as of mid-December associated with loss of sense of smell uh, with uh, linked with the COVID vaccines. That's mm. really crucial because that means that these, I think it means the exosomes are traveling up the vagus nerve over to the um, olfactory nerve and messing up the sense of smell. And that gets called COVID-19 because of the association uh, with Right, smell. that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Once they get a loss of sense of smell, they go, oh, they've got COVID. Right. I bet you're right. They probably, right. so it's a breakthrough probably many infection. of them that got count, counted as COVID cases. A breakthrough <laughs> infection, right? <laughs> I, I, I want to bring something else into the conversation. Um, there is uh, Doctors for COVID Ethics. I'm, I'm a member of that group, and there's some a bunch of really uh, interesting scientists and, and doctors there. And they have sponsored a study by a German pathologist. Uh, and um, he has done detail. He's looked at the slides of tissues uh, doing the pathology of people whose family, their family believed that they died from the vaccine. And what he finds systematically is that uh, the the key organs like the heart and the lungs, especially Mm -hmm. and other organs, were were, uh, incredibly attacked by the immune system, an autoimmune attack. Absolutely. And, And he sees these white blood cells all over the place, killing cells in those in those organs. And uh, he, he concludes that these uh, poor individuals, they died from this. So could you, could you put, us, put us through uh, the mechanistically um, how you go from injection in the arm to dying in this way? Is that, is that, is that a fair well, question to ask? That is a fair <laughs> question. It's certainly one that I've been very interested in myself. When I see these sort of, you know, when I first started seeing these absolutely bizarre reactions, like this shakes, you know, it's just like, constant it, it's kind of like a seizure or something mm-hmm. um it, that has to be nerves you know so i really early on i thought it's got to be nerves i think it's traveling along the nerves and that's how i got myself to the exosomes because the exosomes travel along the nerves very very well and it's been shown in parkinson's disease that that it begins parkinson's be- begins often in the gut with some kind of foreign fo- uh, pathogen for, uh, protein that's uh, a prion like protein and then the immune cells pick up that prion-like protein in the gut and carry it to the spleen. And then they go to these germinal centers in the spleen where they're producing the antibodies. But that's also where they're releasing the exosomes that contain this toxic protein, along with something called microRNA. And there's certain specific microRNAs that show up. And this, the, there have been studies that have been shown which microRNAs show up in the exosomes that are produced either for COVID-19 or for even for the mRNA vaccines or something equivalent for the spike protein being produced by human cells. They produce exosomes that contain microRNAs. And these micro, there's, there's thousands of these microRNAs. They're quite interesting. I've been learning all about microRNAs lately mm-hmm. too. It's fun how it kind of opens up this huge space in biology for you. For someone who loves a puzzle, I'm quite happy to be reading all this literature and figuring all this stuff out. 
Yes. But I found three in particular, three microRNAs that have been linked to, specifically to the spike protein. And one of them is MIR-155. And you can look that up, but that one is very clearly uh, a problem in heart disease. It, it, it causes, if, if the heart is exposed to MIR-155, it causes a reaction, an inflammatory response, which is exactly what myocarditis is. So I think what's happening, it's quite simple with the heart problems, which we know myocarditis in these athletes, you know, di- are dying on the basketball court type of thing. Um, it's the, the immune cells, I'm thinking this, it's the immune cells in the spleen overproducing spike protein, shipping it out in exosomes, traveling up the vagus nerve, going straight to the heart along the vagus nerve and delivering this microRNA-155 along with the spike protein, which itself induces an inflammatory response. So the heart just goes on fire with inflammation with that kind of a load, those exosomes being poured in from the vagus nerve. That's what I think is going on. What do you think? You think that's what's going on, Tim? It's the most plausible sounding thing I've heard yet. Yeah, I mean, pretty detailed. Can I ask a probably stupid question here that you may not know the answer to? Will ivermectin kill the exosomes? Will ivermectin kill the Well, because there's something fishy about how crazy they went mm-hmm. about the 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 ivermectin i mean that to this day your average normie norm is just like oh that's oyster wormer you know <laughs> yeah yeah I, I floated that balloon recently in a conversation and that was what i received so i just wanted to it's like hey well, what do you, yeah so the because kind of the the hypothesis that yeah please go ahead I, I, my question is ridiculous go ahead well, the hypothesis that I'm kind of building here is that basically not a virus, some, but some sort of bioweapon type thing. You know, maybe they uh, distributed it through that experimental flu shot in Italy that went out right before, you know, right in that same place that got hit really hard with COVID right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and why does ivermectin work? Now, I think it was hydroxychloroquine first that Kaufman, who we've got a clip from him later, but he hypothesis or he he was saying sulfur is good, and there's a little bit of sulfur in hydroxychloroquine, and he said that's probably you know whatever the the deal is there. Ivermectin, you know, the main thing is it's a anti-parasitic, and there are are definitely parasites. And I think I think parasites are probably a bigger problem than we're told, and and viruses either are no problem or a much smaller problem that we're told. So well, maybe there's some engineered Wuhan lab parasite type thing that ivermectin works against. That's can spread through exosomes and um, if we're being honest i tend to lean this way so i I think it's possible there's been parasites in the vaccines for a while Mm -hmm. yeah getting to the vaccine stage was a huge took a huge push 
Yeah, I don't mean necessarily these vaccines. I just mean vaccines in general. Mm, yeah, parasites. I feel like the this the we've been getting parasites in the vaccines for a long, long time, uh, as well as heavy metals, obviously. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's there's kind of this uh, I don't know propaganda thing that's like you're in America. There's no parasites here. That's what happens in those dirty third world countries. And then, mm. and then you find out, you know, people take antiparasitics and their health improves. It's kind of strange. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, w- I would never take ivermectin, though, personally, <laughs> or order it online. So, I, you know. I'm, I'm no, just some. I'm just somewhere in the middle of the country, not ordering ivermectin online or ever taking it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I just want to let everybody know, especially our listeners in Arlington, that this that I'm not interested in that sort of thing. I didn't. I didn't bring this story because it, I don't know, didn't make me very happy. But did you hear about the the guy who uh, his family and him had COVID? He gave everyone ivermectin. Yeah, I did. They all got that. better. Mm-hmm. And then his son—I don't know if it was intentional. Was or that a propaganda report? Can't remember what that was on. They might have covered it in. I, uh, I'm not sure if if I heard it. Anyway, one of our one of our podcasts of choice covered it, <laughs> and they. Um, it was. They it was no. It was no they tried agenda. To take the kid away. Yeah. It was no agenda. Was it no agenda? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They tried to take yeah. the kid away because right. the kid. Oh, that's right. The kid. Remember, yeah. The kid overdosed on uh, aspirin. On Tylenol. Excuse me. Yeah, Tylenol. Yeah. Three days, nine days later. Which is t- overdosing on Tylenol very possible. Yes. Pretty toxic. But. Turns out not as safe as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Just because something is safer <laughs> than Tylenol. Doesn't necessarily mean it's like 100% safe. <laughs> this is, <laughs> we're so dumb though. We're like, oh, that's what made it really safe. And I'm like, yeah. I think you mentioned, I think we, we went over that earlier this year. I yeah. went down that rabbit hole. You're like, well, Tylenol's not really that safe. So I look it up. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, if you take, if you take two Tylenol, you'll, Probably be okay if you take three, you uh, your liver might fail. So, so, so uh, the biggest donor well, it's funny, our two, two of our biggest donors out of Oregon, and you left Oregon, but uh, the gentleman you met with, I can't remember his name off Terry. The top, Terry, he had that paper, and in that paper about putting peroxide in a nebulizer and/or mm-hmm. of a uh, humidifier. humidifier, they talked about in some of the links. To his paper that's on, by the way, it's on the website under essays. So if you go to revelationsradionews.com, then go click on the essay tab. It's right there. But some of the links that he provided as sources, they talk about how acetaminophen and ibuprofen during administered during a fever makes things worse. Mm-hmm. It mucks up the immune system, which is trying to make the... Uh, body the fever is killing the bad stuff yep the fever is trying to make the body uh an uncomfortable home for uh 
the uh, for the virus or bacteria or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or exosomes. <laughs> yes. So, you know, don't worry if your kid has a fever. That's actually probably a good thing. Just keep them hydrated. Hmm. Interesting. I've been giving him stuff to keep his fever down all this time. It's crazy because kids will be immediately be like, oh, I have a fever. And they're like laying around and you give them some ibuprofen or something. And it's like, ah, I'm good. Let's go. Let's go outside and play. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't feel good when you have a fever. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying that. But. Yeah. But. On to part four here. Let's do it. That the way to resolve these two mechanisms is to think in terms of all the nerve reactions, the nerve-specific conditions that are induced, right, by the vaccine. That's that, what that, I'm thinking. Yeah, that's yeah. why, because I see all that. And there's also things like paralysis that's coming in, which is going to be the nerves in the backbone, because I suspect mm-hmm. that, that that nerve is also being affected by these, um, by mm-hmm. these injections. I, I picture all these exosomes, and the exosomes are going to go into the blood as well, by the way. And also, I think they're going to be released out of the lungs probably released through the skin. And this is how I think it's causing people who hang out near people who've recently been vaccinated are actually seeing symptoms. Many women are reporting That's odd right. menstrual cycle as a consequence of hanging out with vaccinated people. One even told me she got shingles at the same time as the vaccinated person got shingles. The one who was not vaccinated, but was hanging out with them also got shingles, which was kind okay, of Okay. So you're, you're, you're proposing that the, that a vaccinated person could be exhaling uh, these exosomes and yes. that someone else would inhale them and get uh, the symptoms that way. Developed. Yes, and the exosomes can even contain the messenger RNA itself. Wow. It, it, they actually showed that with the spike protein that you, that the cell could release an exosome. I was really amazed to see that in one of the articles I read. An mm-hmm. entire spike uh, messenger RNA encapsulated in the exosome. So well, that's going to actually I, provide the opportunity to make spike protein in the cells of the person who breathes in that exosome. That's incredible. I'm going to ask a radical. Oh, poor <laughs> clippage on my part. Sorry. <laughs> no, the, no the worries. The radical question actually gets into the no virus thing. But uh, so that's the, the spreading, spreading vaccines. That's the, the mechanism there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. She, he says, oh, so you're saying you're, you're actually posing the question. I just thought to myself, yeah. Yeah, she is. Andrew's been talking about this for like a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, not, not lots of people have because people have had that experience. You know, people I've seen people very close to me get sick after being around someone who was recently vaccinated. From, oh, I guess May 8th, 2021. Revelations Radio News 227, the incredible spreadable vaccine. Yeah. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking is could have been even the original mechanism. Not saying it was exactly the same, but okay, so isn't it interesting that the vaccine can cause just about all the same symptoms as the supposed virus? Yes. And it can't even stop the virus. Um so have we hit, okay, if it spreads, have we hit like the the point where everybody, where the powers that shouldn't be have decided, oh, that's enough. Like, I think we're good. <laughs> that's a good question where they're like, ah, we don't need the last 
Yeah. These last percent of yeah. people that they're going to get it anyway. Yep. Yep, yep. And when we crank up our cell phone tower weapon systems, we can kill them off if we want to. <laughs> Could be. I think you're better off with less exosomes rather than more, though. Agreed. You know, should we have been running for the hills from day one? That was kind I don't of know. always the, I, I de- the impulse, but I definitely uh, was way more exposed than you were. You were able to work from home from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was in a car dealership around many, many vaccinated people. So, right. It's. Uh, I was def. I hope. I hope I didn't. They make sure to get all those medical people vaccinated. All the teachers. Really important that the teachers are yeah. vaccinated too. Yeah. yeah. Has. Uh, yeah, never mind. And then you, you got to make sure those kids are wearing masks because all the respiratory stuff got to make sure they're, it's just getting recycled back in over and over again. It was really weird. I used to wear the mask for like eight to 10 hours a day at, at work. And, uh, you know, you run outside, take a break or put it down on your chin. But I, I quit and I was still in, in Seattle, but I was fixing up my house and before we were selling it, but I wasn't working there anymore. And then I had to go back to do a couple things here and there at the dealership and uh, wore my mask in. And then legitimately, like I walked around for like a minute and a half, two minutes, and I, I started to feel lightheaded. I was like, oh, this really makes a difference. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> after not wearing it for like two, three weeks, I was like, oh, I'm fine. And then you go throw it on, you start walking around like, what the heck? This is, this is not fun. Yeah. And there, there have been CDC studies or, you know, government-funded studies going back to the, well, even before the 1970s. But they basically had a bunch of surgeons not wear surgical masks. The infection rate for patients and them went down, not up. So. Well, I mean, there was a paper... And this this is like this has totally been scrubbed, but way way back March, April twenty twenty, somebody dug up this research paper, and uh, uh, two one of them was uh, Fauci saying hydroxychloroquine is not only a miracle drug for COVID, but it actually uh, is a uh, what's what's the word? It's also a, a no, it wasn't for COVID though. No, it was for coronaviruses. Yeah, and it was uh, hydroxychloroquine. Or was but, it SARS? Yeah, maybe it's SARS-CoV or something like that, but it also keeps you from getting it. It's an excellent prophylactic. Around that same time, there was this, another paper floating around that was also written by Fauci that talked about how a majority of the Spanish flu deaths in the United States were as a result of, of bacterial pneumonia from too much mask wearing. Right. That it wasn't the virus that killed everyone. It was bacterial pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And so now you have this COVID pneumonia that supposedly you treat exactly the opposite of what you were always supposed to do with pneumonia. Instead of getting people up, getting them moving around, making sure you know you can breathe. Oh, no, cover them up with a mask. Make sure make them lie down. Hey, stick them on a ventilator. Then you, Then they really can't move. Oh, wait, a bunch of people are dying. Strange. 
Give him remdesivir and shut their liver down. I knew you were going to say remdesivir. I was like, if he doesn't say it, I'll I'll have to say it. But yeah, you got to give him remdesivir. I mean, come on. You know why we give him remdesivir, right? Needed that death count. No, no, no. No. Andrew, it's in the COVID protocol, man. You just... Well, that's that's why it's in when the you when you admit, admit people to hospital, twenty percent more. No, I understand, but, but when you admit people to the hospital, you say, "Are you sick with COVID?" And they're like, "Yeah." And you're like, "Let's check your oxygen level. You need some remdesivir." Did you come up with that on your own, doctor? Is that why you went to school and you're three hundred thousand dollars in debt to learn that? No, no, no. That was on the paper I read. It's on the it's on the CDC thing. The website. Anyone can go look at it. Go yeah. look at it. It's on the paper. Yeah. It's on the paper. And get this, I get a bonus. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe, I don't know. Somebody does. Bonus uh, in the hospital. Time for a break. Uh, as you may have noticed, Revelations Radio News has. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, oh, we have part five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, but. Let's, let's do it. I'm we ready. can do part five after the. We could do part five after the donations. I was just going to say, I thought you were getting at the 20% bonus that hospitals get if they prescribe remdesivir. So you get to jack up the entire bill that you charge the insurance company or or the government, mainly the government these days, 20% if you prescribed remdesivir. The whole bill. Boom. Don't forget. If you diagnose someone with COVID. Raise the bill 20% for ivermectin. Yeah. If you diagnose someone with COVID, more money for the hospital. Mm-hmm. If they go on a ventilator, more money for the hospital. If they die, the way, it only goes for twenty-one days. So that's what—that's why they move patients around. So if you've used up your twenty-one days for this hospital, they'll transfer you to another hospital, so then they can start the clock over again. What Bill Gates say? We can't talk about that because that's a death panel, and you're not supposed to have that conversation. <laughs> oh, we're having that conversation now. Yeah, it's all. Should unvaccinated people really be allowed to have health care? <laughs> yep. Just today, Boston. Uh, somebody in Boston was denied a. I didn't. I only read the. I, hey, I pulled a typical American move. I only read the headline. No, I saw that too. Yeah, he was removed from the top of the. Was it heart or lung transplant? It was heart. Yeah. Yeah. Have to get in line for one of them vaccinated hearts. Yeah. (laughs) So if you... Leading into donation segments. Nice and happy. (laughs) Sir, since you're not vaccinated, you will get an unvaccinated heart. It's like, oh, yeah, I can... I can live with that. Everybody, yeah. w- everybody wins. Okay. Yeah, th- that would be fair. <laughs> Good with that. As you may have noticed, there are no advertisements on this show. We are going a different way, not the Joe Rogan way. We don't have a hundred million dollars or read ads, so we. Yeah, pretty much the exact opposite <laughs> of Joe Rogan. Revelations Radio News no has DMT dis- here. Has decided to be a solely listener-supported production. This means the listeners contribute to the show both financially and through volunteerism. My audio engineer got back to me. By the way, we're gonna we're gonna try some clips clippage back and forth and see if we can fix some of this stuff. So thank you for the volunteering of helping me with the audio. If you feel you are getting value from this show, 
please help us by coming becoming a supporter. We count on you guys to make this work. So you can do many ways of giving value to the show. Send us tips, email us, say, hey, look at this, look at that. We get all these uh, 5G clips today because of a tip from uh, from a listener. So thank you for for uh, supporting the show, Andre Andre Abe. Um, other way you can support the show, just praying for us. Hey, Tim, Tim's got some decisions to make about this life. <laughs> pray, pray for yeah. pray for me. And uh, same with same with Mr. Andrew. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So th- those are the ways you contribute, but you can also contribute monetarily. Monetarily, we have. Uh, all these different ways, mainly PayPal, pay, uh, PO Box, and then crypto. I don't know about GoFundMe and Patreon and all those. I, I, we've kind of skipped on the using any of those because then you know, they just take it away. So it just, I don't know. So we haven't well, done any of that. And, and they, take a, they take a piece too. I mean, Do they take a piece? Yeah. Well, I think we should get on Gab Pay though. Okay. Pay. Yeah, we'll be on another list by the end of this show. Another list. <laughs> How many lists can we get on in one show? Let's see if Tim can Google, excuse me, DuckDuckGo, anything Not totally else? joking about that. Not totally joking? No, not not really joking at all, actually. Okay. What about SignalPay? Signal has money. Oh, really? money. Yeah, there's money in Signal. Yeah, and better than PayPal. Okay. This is Revelations Radio News, episode 261. And we have four, technically five, supporters, producers of Revelations Radio News, episode 261. You keep, you keep going with contributors. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. Also, it's written producers on every episode we've done so far. So mm-hmm. you can keep saying contributors. We should take a vote sometime. Have you talked to the back office about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I literally keep saying contributors. And when I was consulted... Or thought I was being consulted. I said, "Let's not do producers. Let's do something else." But apparently, I was <laughs> overridden. You know what? This, you actually know me well enough, and hopefully, the listeners do too. This is one of those uh, classic moments in my life where people are like, "He's a jerk. He didn't listen to me." And really, I just didn't remember doing it, and just kept doing producers. So, <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Uh, we we should have a meeting about it because I don't know if I want to go back. But anyway. If I was to say who produced or contributed to episode 261 before this episode came out in order for us to be able to do it, who would you say? Well, I would say Danny from Medford, Oregon. Oh, that's a good guess. And sure enough, Danny from Medford, Oregon, back with his customary $25 per week, which has basically been per episode. And anytime we like think about like we're not going to do the show, it's like well, we're getting paid twenty five bucks a week to do these from Danny. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Danny. Also, uh, John came in from, and this guy it always uh, kind of amazes me. We have a listener in Swallowfield, Berkshire, UK. Yeah, that's very cool. And it's a subscription. It's a subscription. Yeah, he's 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 just contributed quite a few times. So. Thank you, John. We do appreciate you. We hope things are going well over there on the other side of the pond. I think your COVID measures are ending this week, maybe Friday. So, yeah. cool. You've you've made Boris, it. Boris uh, on his way to getting kicked out. So, he's, oh, you can end the COVID measures now. You won't kick me out now, right? Congratulations, John. You've made it to the end of COVID. So, uh, I, I raise a pint to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy enjoy the uh, end of COVID over there in the UK. Uh, Luke 
came to us. Of course, that's the uh, gentleman, and he and his wife live in farmland near Nevada, Iowa. And they tried to get you to move there, Andrew, and you said, "Yes, too much, too much glyphosate for you." <laughs> that's what you said. In, in reality, Iowa does sound quite nice. Yes, it does. Harsh winters, though. That's a definitely a harsher winter than there, than there is here. So thank you, Luke, for your subscription. That's another $25 that he sent along. And this next one, I don't know how to do this. We quite literally would not be doing a show right now at uh, 10, 18 p.m. local time if it <laughs> were not for these two people. Yeah, I think that's actually possible. I don't know how to do this because they told me... Not only, well, let me see if I can, I, I, so I have a, I have a note. This came to the P.O. box. Okay. Um, does it say not to read the note? It doesn't. It, what it says is, I wanted to read part of it. Oh, yeah, no, it does. It does. It says, please don't read this on the pod. Okay. Um, yeah. But... The reason they don't want me to read this on the pod is I don't care if you share the content. I just hate hearing my own notes read out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Neither of us care about producer credit either. So, (laughs) you know, and then uh, these two people are named. uh, It's Chris and Karen. They knew they would be called contributors instead of producers. They would (laughs) be much more excited. Chris and Karen uh, from Garden City, Missouri, sent us a note and also uh, four pictures of their farm. So oh, awesome. if I see, I, I don't know, though, is, is it a ranch if you have cows or is, is it only a farm if you have food? Is, how do we how do we do this? How are we going to differentiate? Well, you can have you can have both. I mean, okay. if a farm can have cows, but if it's only cows, then it's a ranch. I think it's a ranch. So I see, uh, well, but wait a second. Now we have a goat as well. So in the pictures here, and these are for, by the way, Master Kil- young Master Kilkenny and Andrew's young lass. So you'll have to see these photos. These are, these are from the ranch. Uh, we got a possum. We got uh, some cows on Christmas Day, and we have a goat and a dandelion in the middle of winter. Is global warming good? Question mark. Um, <laughs> the point of all of this hubbub and this note, first off, we got to thank them because they donated our largest donation yet, $1,500 go to, goes yeah, to us, which is pretty amazing. So Literally they, like about five years of donations of what I expected. From starting to take donations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew's still hoping we're going to pay off that P.O. box one of these days. <laughs> anyway, uh, largest donation we've ever got, $1,500. It, the, in here, I will read that part. Uh, $15, excuse me, $500 each, and then another $500 towards making the podcast easier so we don't quit. <laughs> Very good. Very cool. So, um, Chris and Karen in Garden City, Missouri. I don't know. Can we call them Chris, the ranchers from Garden City, Missouri? Our gold level, ranch, the the farmers from Garden City, farm Garden Garden City Ranch, Garden City Ranchers couple. Maybe, maybe we should title people 
in their honor. Yeah, yeah, you could like, do that. That's what you achieve. Yes. Once, <laughs> that's the highest level as rancher. Yeah, it, it can't, yeah. But yeah, Danny and Kyle might have something to say about that because they're definitely up there too. So uh, yeah. So anyway, thank you, Chris and Karen, the ranchers from Missouri, ranching. Yeah, and I, I think on that article where Oklahoma was like the number one state, wasn't Missouri two? Yes, it was high. It was very high. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I I have never been to Missouri, but I will go hopefully soon. Yeah, it's just, we're close now. Yeah, as I say, one thing about Oklahoma is it's in the middle. You know, we're noticing postage is cheaper to go out to anywhere. My wife does kind of mail mm. some stuff out. A lot of postage is cheaper. Just you're closer to stuff. You can drive to stuff. The Northwest is so isolated up there. So anyway, I think that concludes the donation segment. Literally awesome donation segment. Thank you so much yeah. to our ranchers from Garden City. And yep. uh, might be uh, reaching out to you if I buy this place with some land to figure out how in the world to uh to best use it <laughs> take care of it yeah. yeah 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 so thank you guys and uh yeah if you want to contribute you can go to revelationsradionews.com backslash support and if you don't all donations over 25 dollars get a free copy of in of the new world order eugenics course by andrew hoffman shipped I'm sure if our farmers from Missouri want another copy, they can get one. Just let us know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it looks like they got one in July uh, with their first donation. So not even their first donation came in with that big of a big of a donation. So thank you very much. So back to Senef. Yeah, let's play part five. Entirely true with these messenger RNA vaccines because uh, you know, and again theoretically. There's enough studies that have been done to show that it is a distinct possibility that the messenger RNA can get converted into DNA um, by enzymes that exist in human cells. And particularly they exist, for example, in immune cells and cancer cells in sperm in, in the testes. These cells have the capability of converting messenger RNA into DNA. And in fact, it's quite, I found an amazing paper talking about sperm. This paper was from some time ago, long before COVID. They found that the sperm could take up foreign messenger RNA, which is what these vaccines are, turn it into DNA and produce little um, plasmids containing that DNA. And then at the time of fertilization, all the sperm, not just the one that fertilizes, are releasing these plasmids. And then the uh, fertilized egg takes them up and incorporates them. And then those plasmids become something really permanent in that um fertilized in that in the in the uh, fetus that develops out of that fertilized egg so that child is actually born still carrying um plasmids take uh, taken from the sperm that contain the messenger rna as dna circular dna contained inside those plasmids that can keep on making more dna and therefore more protein for the rest of that child's life and even those can be passed on to its uh, offspring so that is really permanent and that can happen theoretically, mm -hmm. with these vaccines. And in fact, you know, there was a study that showed that the spike protein was still being, uh, was still around 15 months later. Um, yes. after, yeah, you saw that. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. And that yeah, might be through this DNA mechanism. I don't know. I mean, no one has mm -hmm. said. It's not, it's part of what we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That could become permanent. Wow. wow. So...
And can we go back to the donation segment? (laughs) Somebody from some awesome ranchers from Missouri sent us some money. You don't want to talk about sperm, Tim? Well, I don't want to talk about altering entire lines of human beings. Yes. And it's. I don't care about talking about sperm. I don't know. Tell me what you think is worse. That these people are evil geniuses and know exactly what they're doing. Or that they're evil, semi, you know, pseudoscientific morons, and they have no idea what they're doing. They're just like, oh, let's see what happens when we do this. Let's see what happens with this mRNA vaccine. Oh, what? It can get passed on generation to generation? The whole epigenetics thing, um, I don't want to take us too far off tangent, but one of the other things in in Seneff's book is that the glyphosate replacing the glycine, you know, element um, that can then be passed on from mother to child, like generationally. And so she hypothesizes that could be a reason for all these, um, food allergies, you know, exploding, the autoimmune stuff exploding. And so now we're doing vaccines that screw with immunity that that could potentially change your DNA. And you can potentially pass that on, that changed DNA to your child. And, okay, what happens when you're passing on this DNA that involves a spike protein to your child? Well, maybe the the child won't react the way they should to that spike protein. It won't be a foreign substance. And, you know, basically, we don't know what's going to happen. I I highly doubt that Pfizer or the government or anyone else knows what's happening. It's just like, oh, well. Let's just let's just try. We'll just tell them it's safe and effective, and we we know what's going to happen ten years from now, a hundred years from now. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. <laughs> you know what? My uh, five-year-old boy comes home from school and asks me if it's okay if he gets the awesome COVID vaccine. No. Oh, that's good. What What am I allergic to? Oh, because he says he's going to tell his allergies? Yeah. No, just because I think kids talk about it at school. <laughs> oh, okay. He's left out. Yeah. What am I allergic to? Nothing I know of, buddy. I really? Mean, there, really? There's whole schools that won't even allow peanut butter. Yeah. I, 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 that was the next yeah. thing I said is some people are just peanut butter. And he said, well, yeah, this person and this person. And then my wife like looks at me like, can we send peanut butter to school? <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. It's it's not funny. It's unfortunate. Um, but it this is literally Anthony Fauci's department, right? The National Institute for Allergies and Infectious Diseases. The allergy part has exploded like by orders of magnitude since he took over, and there's no accountability. No one ever asks him like, why do so many people, more people have autoimmune and allergic responses? You know, than they did in the '80s or even the '90s. So, I, so my kick on health stuff, just my own 
experimenting with stuff in my own body. I, I really am believing in and looking into it's all inflammation, baby. <laughs> it's all inflammation. And you look at how fat and bloated people are, and it's all inflammation, which is also why, by the way, I was looking into the the cold water hydrotherapy is because essentially what that does is it just takes down all the inflammation in your body, just shrinks it down, stops any kind of inflaming and helps, you know, boost your mood, gets your metabolism up, all those things. Where do the exosomes and all that kind of fall in? What are what about all this obesity and you know the CDC now admits there's four comorbidities, mm-hmm. or is it are we just like, just you know, is well, the American public like a, a giant petri dish of overweight? Uh, uh, well, you know, you got to figure out what's causing the inflammation, and just to kind of second what bread. You, well. <laughs> Okay, what, what's yep. the problem with bread? It's I understand. The glyphosate that's yep. the problem. Yep, yep. I agree. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I think that's, that's that's culprit number one. Yeah. But the, I didn't clip this part of it, but the last two clips I've got are from um, Andrew Kaufman oh and Tom gosh. Cowan. I had an and, unfortunate conversation on No Agenda a few months back. Some guy was like, basically talking about exosomes. And, I was, and he's like, have you heard Andrew Kaufman talk about this? And I was like, I think you mean Andrew Hoffman. This is his podcast. I'm his buddy. And he's like, no, no, I listen to your show. But there's this guy named Andrew Kaufman. I was like, awkward. <laughs> Let me go ahead and sign off the internet. That's enough internet for me today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, they were talking about, Tom Cowan was talking about, he was up to two minutes of ice cold shower taking for that reason the information yeah. deal and my um naturopath when i was dealing with the lyme disease stuff you know he he gave me some stuff some um turmeric seems to help a lot and then some other other herbal stuff and i lost a bunch of weight without doing that much and he said yeah once your body isn't inflamed and holding on to everything it just like oh i don't have to like react like i'm being attacked constantly i can let some of these pounds go yeah. as somebody who's gained interesting as somebody who's gained some weight since the beginning of the the whole i was working out for a long time too and then I'm just, you know what was it called again to turmeric <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then, and so another thing I've, you know, experimenting, kind of just, you know, learning my own body, you know, because you never know what you're doing. And, you know, when you read all this stuff, you kind of got to see what works for you. That's another thing. It's not one size fits all for almost anything. But when I went on a ketogenic diet, and I don't, you know, I don't want to, don't email me about keto. I don't want to hear it. Um, I, I think it has a lot of good benefits. And it's number one thing is it brings down inflammation. And I've mm-hmm. talked about this before, but at a children's hospital, if you're if they admit a child for uh, seizures, they immediately put them on a keto diet. They eat meat and leafy greens and fruit occasionally, but no glutens, no no starches, no, none of that stuff, because that's the stuff that causes the the bloating and the inflammation and everything else. And I felt amazing when I was like really deep into keto mm-hmm. and just you know 
the pounds just fell off. I felt clear headed and, uh, you know, your, your body is not on a, uh, you know, rapid rise and crash, rapid rise, crash with all your glucose right. levels and things like that. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's neither here nor think, there, but yeah, my, my dream is just like, it's coming, buddy. It's coming. We'll, grass we'll, fed we'll, we'll pitch in, but we now have a donation. Grass fed steak. We'll get like one meal a day. Just grass fed steak. That's it. Bro. We, we just got a donation of $1,500. We can afford each. We'll split a half. <laughs> we got a freezer. We got to get a freezer. Cow, though. Yeah. Cow. Yeah. Bro. I eat meat over here. We're, we're getting a half. <laughs> Need a big nice. freezer though. So does this sound like it's from a movie or real life? This guy tells me, he goes, oh, he's hauling cats. I'm like, oh. So I go over to look in the crate and there's this green cloth over it. So I peel it back. And then I stick my finger in it. I stick my finger in there and go, kitty, kitty. And it pops it up and it's a monkey. State police say the truck was carrying about 100 lab monkeys. Four of them got out of their crates and ran away. Fallon saw one running into the woods. We seen one run across, but they thought it looked like a small cat. It did look like a cat. They were small. State police and Pennsylvania game wardens began combing the woods off of Route 54 in search of the monkeys, receiving aerial support from a state police helicopter with thermal cameras. After several hours of searching, investigators spotted at least one monkey. They shared this photo showing the creature high in a tree perched on a branch. But a short time later, investigators fired three shots. Crews left the scene soon after. Troopers did not comment on the nature of the weapon used or how many monkeys were captured or injured. State police warned the public some monkeys are still at large and should not be approached. Fallon says it's a day she'll never forget. I've never thought I'd ever see a monkey in Danville. <laughs> is it so? Is that the gal who's developed symptoms? Yes, like, sir. Hey, tell us if we, you know, we're not going to quarantine you or anything, but uh, just tell us if you develop symptoms. Which, of course, like you were saying earlier. <laughs> Oh, what do you know? She developed cold symptoms. Just keep it as broad as possible. <laughs> you know, like, okay, oh, we got a pink okay. eye, cold symptoms. Ah, it's some super weapon. Really? Or is it pink eye and a cold and you'll be fine and none of this is anything except part of uh, the scary virus story? PSYOP campaign? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, like... I'm the good Samaritan, right? Like I, I will pull over and help somebody. Something's gone wrong. I'll, I'll help. So I can see pulling over. I can see trying to help. I can see seeing that it's an animal and being concerned. However, <laughs> before I have identified the animal in the crate, I'm not sticking anything in there. What are yeah. you talking about? That's the stupidest. That is, that is like, like if you, we don't believe in evolution, but like, you believe in like, you know, only the smart ancestors probably survived. Like, that's not a smart ancestor. That's not a smart ancestor type of thing. Like, hey, see this dark hole? Stick your finger in there. There's an animal in there. See what happens. Yeah. 
This is a uh, not a not a survival mechanism. Anyway, well, um, and because wasn't there like a a hundred monkeys, right? Something like that. Some so crazy number. There's a bunch of crates full of monkeys. So how do you not? <laughs> look at all the other crates that the are whole, full of monkeys and say like oh, the whole, there's probably a monkey in the there. whole thing sounds like a cover story it's bizarre ah, it's, it is a it is absolutely I don't know if anything actually happened it, it probably did okay I mean uh, and yeah. it's probably just being exploited it's like hey you remember that movie Outbreak remember that we're gonna put on some scary looking costumes because there's a virus that could just take over the whole world. Remember that movie, mm-hmm. Twelve Monkeys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all starts with the monkey. It always starts with the monkey. Remember the yeah, AIDS? It came from a monkey. They had, had to mix it up a little bit with COVID. It didn't come from a monkey. It came from a bat. A bat in the wet market. But yeah, this is. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm going to go with intentional, intentionally fraudulent story. It, there's a possibility that it's true, and they just are hyping it for the for narrative reasons. Be afraid. But I, I am zero point zero 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 percent scared of the monkey virus. <laughs> Do you know that you evolved from a monkey? <laughs> Pretty sure I didn't. No, you did. Come on. Witnesses at the scene. Okay, so there was this thing. People were saying this online, but I don't think it's real. There's a lady named Jennifer Nuzo who did a TED Talk about the next COVID outbreak. She looks very similar to uh, whatever this woman, Fallon, who stuck her finger in the monkey cage. You know, it's not the same person though, and it's I'm, not it, the same person. I, did you I did you see, stand those? Did you see that the too? Worst part of the internet, other than the fake Ron Paul quotes. Did you see this this too though? That it was no. them. Oh, no. but you you already but know I, what I'm talking about. The, yeah. I, do you know how? The, do you know how? Cottage industry Andrew, of like Andrew. this person looks kind of like that person. There, Andrew. You can tell that it's not her because of the pixels. Okay, the pixels and the earlobes. You can tell because it's not the same earlobes. You just gotta look for the earlobes, so that sometimes the earlobes connect. And so, anyway, no. A uh, person sticking their <clears throat> finger in a monkey cage. I'm not saying I have a high opinion of TED Talk people, but <laughs> that's not a TED Talk person. She didn't even know what kind of animal it was. Like that's the yeah. only thing. This just that's the only thing that bothers me about the story. <laughs> I can't understand. Uh, no, no. I mean, it. It's the thing that bothers me the most. Like yeah. I can't can't understand that's like that's that's how you die like what are you what are you doing like what if it's a king cobra or something what if what are you doing sticking your finger and stick my finger in this cage uh well i have a few things to get to here let's take a look what do i have uh we got monkey lady should we play the barry weiss going off on bill maher or have we has everybody heard it Uh, it's up to you. Up to me. All right. I've, you know, uh, I, I want to play it just because I have been playing the Bill Maher clips because documenting his changes has been interesting. Okay. And I kind of like his annoyed tone for this, uh, this clip, but this is Barry Weiss of New York times. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with COVID. Oh, I'm I, done. It's yeah. like, I 
I went so hard on COVID. I yeah, I remember. Sprayed the Pringles cans that I bought at the grocery store. Stripped my clothes off because I thought COVID would be on my clothes. Like I did it all. I watched Tiger King. I got to the end of Spotify. Like we all did it, right? And, no, no, we didn't all okay, do it. Well, well, here's the thing. A lot no, of we us. Didn't all do a it. lot of us did do it. And then we were told, you get the vaccine. You get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And we haven't gotten back to normal. And it's ridiculous at this point. I know that so many of my liberal and progressive friends are with me on this, and they do not want to say it out loud because they are scared to be called anti-vax or to be called science denial or to be, you know, smeared as a trumper. (laughs) I'm sorry, if you believe the science... You will look at the data that we did not have two years ago, and you will find out that cloth masks do not do anything. You will realize that you can show your vaccine passport at a restaurant and still be asymptomatic and carrying Omicron. And you will realize, most importantly, that this is going to be remembered by the younger generation as a catastrophic moral crime. The city of Flint, Michigan, which is 80%, I think, minority students, has just announced indefinite virtual schooling. In the past two years, we've seen among young girls a 51% increase in self-harm. People are killing themselves. They are anxious. They are depressed. They are lonely. That is why we need to end it more than any inconvenience that it's been to the rest of us. I think it's a pandemic. It's like at this point, it's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's a pandemic of bureaucracy. yeah, I'm with I'm with Bill. Uh, not all of us did it. <laughs> yeah, Bill, yeah. Bill, Bill's and, like mildly. And by the way, there was data two years ago. Yeah, there was. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Now we're getting all this data. You're being allowed to look at the data. You didn't try. It's just like the whole. There, there was no election. Fraud. I see no evidence of election fraud. That's cool. Have you looked? Like what have what have you looked yeah. at? Because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of people on Twitter like. Hey, I just checked my vote, and it's the wrong. It's the wrong candidate. Yeah, there's a lot of people. A lot of people on Twitter sworn saying the testimony, uh, sworn affidavits. Is that evidence? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, video evidence. Uh, I think that is. Yeah, video evidence of people messing up the votes. I think it is. People calling into radio shows saying, "Yeah, my brother-in-law died on a motorcycle accident," and then we got the uh, coroner report, and it said he was died of COVID. You know, this stuff was all out there. You just didn't look because you're at the New York Times and, you know, whatever. But I don't know, documenting the, and I don't like this man because this man doesn't like me, but documenting the continued, you know, just I've had it. I like like Bill Maher when he's grumpy and on my team. Like, yeah, this is (laughs) dumb. Can we stop? Yes. Well, I've been saying it for two years, Bill. Yeah. We were right. I don't want to rub it in, but we were right. We've been talking about this. We said this is not a big deal, and we were right. Unfortunately, we had to leave a place where they didn't even care if we were right anymore. They're just going to keep <laughs> doing what they're doing. Yeah, it, and it, it, I, like I mean, t- there's there's signs of of some changes, but very limited changes. And the clip I've got that we can play later. We don't have to do it right now talks about maintaining the overall narrative and yeah so this this 
this level of like, okay, masks don't work and like, uh, you know, lockdowns do more harm than good. Okay, great. That's true. We knew that two years ago, but there's a, a lot more to it. Like if, if you stop at that level, if you stop at, well, it's not like I'm anti-vax or anti-science. I'm just like, please look at the data we have now that we didn't have then. No, that's... So what's settled science? Global warming. Um, vaccines work. Evolution. Evolution. Uh, the space. Space. The world is <laughs> the world is round. Uh, and I'm not there on that. That's the only one I'm not in. But and then we've been to the moon. So yeah. I'm I am a hundred percent think all those are wrong, except I'm half on your old flat earth one. Uh, but that's none of that stuff is settled. None of it. Not even close. Yeah. And but but it, we're just like taught that it is. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of in the whole COVID thing. It's interesting to see how obviously some obviously wrong something can be, and yet you see it in real time being recorded in history. Yeah, as this is settled. This is the way it is, Do- and you can look back. I mean, we nine eleven is what got us into this. Yeah, same thing. That you can have the architects and engineers, you can have documentary after documentary saying, like, look, two plus two equals four, and this story does not work. You know, James Corbett <laughs> destroyed the whole narrative in a three minute video, and yet you could see it 20 years later. It's being, it's more and more firmly etched in history as settled. Yeah, you know, even though there's there's still plenty of us who know who know that they lied to us about that. It's it kind of reminds me. It doesn't remind me, but it makes me think of the Kennedy assassination. It's like how much of that, you know, how much of the country was like this is messed up. Something happened, and it just kind of got written over and over. It's it was Oswald. It was Oswald. It was Oswald. It was Oswald until a whole. Mm-hmm. Generation is like, oh, of course, Lee Harvey Oswald. Some guy sitting in a book depository. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. They rewrote it enough. Yeah, you can have RFK Jr. talking about who really killed his dad and who <laughs> and what really happened with JFK's assassination. And that the media doesn't even touch that. Interesting. I mean, they shouldn't. What are they going to say? I mean, it's. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how you smear him on that. He's a crazy conspiracy theory about his own dad, Sirhan. Sirhan yeah, I'm sure something. he hasn't researched his own <laughs> father's assassination. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I've ever heard anybody from the establishment really mention him is well, obviously Fauci called him what he called mentally ill or something disturbed. Disturbed. But yeah. I liked when Bill Gates was like, "Yeah, no, no, no. I met with Trump about the vaccines. Yeah, yeah. No, I met with him." And he was telling me he was going to get this council together and he was going to get RFK Jr. to head it up and they're going to look at vaccines. And I was like, no, 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 don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we played that clip, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah, we did. No, 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 don't don't do that. That's not what we want. So, Well, and who did Trump listen to? Bill Gates. Uh, Well... I think it's time. It's 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 at least once every couple shows. So are you ready for it, Andrew? All right, ready. 
Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. <laughs> and I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now, the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economy right. form. And that's true in Argentina too. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the president, with a young global leader. But what is important for me? You know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Well, he's dead. So in general, you always have to be careful. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very proud of our, our, our cabinet penetration, that <laughs> World Economic Forum penetration into all Do of the... Do not allow Klaus to penetrate your cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. So you're kidding me. The glo young global leaders of the World Economic Forum include Macron, Merkel, Trudeau. And the, the crazy lady in New Zealand, I'm pretty sure, too. <sighs> And that's why they're all still in office. I didn't even bring that clip because you kind of have to see like her insane, like laughing grin oh. while she talks about all the people committing suicide from the lockdown. Oh, the Merc. Yeah, yeah. The New Zealand lady. Yeah. Testing. We got to do the testing. Yeah. Um, so that's it. I mean. <sighs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's proud of it. And you notice that it's... It's not him who says, like, oh, no, 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 the Great Reset's just a bogus conspiracy theory, right? Right. <laughs> it's like, and this is the same exact thing that they always did with the New World Order. You've got all these people talking about it, and then people, you know, Alex Jones, people complaining about it, and then the journalists say, you're insane, uh, that doesn't exist. And they say, no, look at all these people talking about it. And they just say, well, that's different. And that's the same thing. They, they fact-checked the Great Reset is not uh, anything nefarious. It's just a, a good way of making a greener economy or whatever. It's like, no, we're talking about the same thing. It's just we don't want it. And they're implementing it. Andrew Hoffman's pet peeve of the day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely don't want it. I've kind of lost my train of thought on that one. My apologies. You, guys, you got anything else? I got, uh, I've got two more fairly short clips. Okay. Okay. Shoot. We I totally, could, but we could totally just lost to tie up my alternative 
Alternative COVID explanations episode here. Okay. Well, I do have, we're just talking about RFK. So uh, I do have an RFK clip. We might as well get to that. We are all from different political orientations, from different political parties, from different assumptions and backgrounds, from different races and creeds and colors. We are here for one reason. We love the United States of America. (laughs) And we know, when we say that we love the United States, it means a lot of things. It means we love our history, we love our neighbors, we love our communities. We love our values. We love God. We love all kinds of uh, versions of God. We, but most of all, what, and we love our Purple Mountains majesty. The landscapes that form the basis for this country. Uh, most of all, it means we love the United States Constitution. And We have witnessed over the past 20 months a coup d'etat against democracy and the demolition, the controlled demolition of the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And starting with the censorship. And James Madison, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, all said the same thing. We put freedom of speech in the First Amendment because all of the other rights that we were trying to protect relied on that right. If you, if you give government the license to silence its critics, You have given them the capacity to commit any atrocity they want and to obliterate all the amendments and rights of the Constitution. Controlled demolition. Interesting choice of words. (laughs) I believe that's a dog whistle to us 9-11 truthers. That is actually the correct term. We, but I've been saying that for two years. This is a controlled demolition of the American economy. I mean, that's that's been that's been pointed out ad nauseum. So I think two things we should mention. One, it is nice that the Supreme Court uh, stopped the mandate. We forgot to mention that last week. It had happened, I think, the day before. So that's nice. Uh, but they unfortunately left it in for the medical professionals, which I believe you predicted, right? Well, I predicted not on our podcast, just to you. <laughs> oh, was it just to me? That's too bad. I think so. Yeah, it's too bad. That's too bad. I, well, somebody write us in if you remember Andrew saying that. But yeah, he definitely, you definitely nailed that, that they'd leave it for the medical. So they left the door cracked for the mandates, which is unfortunate. Yeah, they're letting companies that, you know, want to mandate it. And they didn't just, you know... Stopping the mandate because it's overly broad and there's no true public health emergency is not the right reason to stop the mandate. How about the government has no right to mandate it? Right. 
it doesn't matter if the vaccine is 100% safe and the disease is 100% deadly. They still don't have a right to mandate it. Amen. Amen, brother. And that is what they were saying at this place where RFK was, which was the Stop the Mandates meetup this last week in D.C. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank goodness it went off without a hitch. No, I think well, they did have some this fake. F, what is what's going on with this clown show costume? Patriot Front FBI stuff. guys, Patriot Front. They could say. I, well, I think I thought were they at this one too? They uh, were at the uh, uh, March for Life. Okay, stuff. My apologies. Yeah. So anyway, the a mandates. I haven't seen any video of it, but it was emceed by Awaken with JP, who is hilarious. Oh, I've, I saw some of his clips, and he was introducing cool a uh, guy who does an Anthony Fauci impersonation. Have, have you watched Awaken with JP videos? Yeah. Okay, good. I was gonna say I'm, we're gonna have to. This is gonna be a late night, buddy. We gotta watch some videos together because <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna love it. He's definitely gotten better too. He's growing. He's grown on me. Yeah, for but. sure. For sure. Okay. What about, what else do you got for us? All right. Let's. Uh, this was sent to us by what our friend Will. Truth is stranger than fiction. Waiting for that next video there. Will. It's been a little while, but uh, he sent us a link of. Andrew Kaufman and Tom Cowan talking. And so this kind of sums up. Um, do I have numbers on these? Is there one and two? No, I don't see that. So one okay. is four minutes, one is two minutes. The uh, do, One of them should start with Kaufman. They want to make. That's the first one? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Make sure that as we you know, um, get this relief and come out of it. And probably they want us to look at them at a, in a favorable light, but they want to make sure that we still believe in deadly and dangerous viruses. And they want to make sure that we still believe that there are safe vaccines, even if we question the safety of these particular genetic injections, um, that we retain those important beliefs so that they can still continue to profit and manipulate and, you know, run operations in the future. So it's really important, you know, not that Tom and I want to keep talking about this issue, but it's important that we kind of, you know, amplify this message right now because this is, you know, an opportunity to actually understand the truth about health and disease. And that is just a much stronger position to be in down the road. And so that's kind of what's uh, at least driving me for sure. So let me just uh, comment on that too, because I can assure everybody out there that, uh, well, let me speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure Andy agrees with this. I actually know he does. It's not just viruses that we disagree about with the scientific process or method (laughs) it's we don't we don't disagree with doing science or understanding or trying to find the truth but you know whether it's ribosomes or cell membranes or heart or uh this is the beginning and this is actually kind of an easy one and if we can't get the no virus thing correct uh, which is happens to be the one that's being manipulated mostly right now, or weaponized is maybe a better way to say it. We're not going to get the harder ones to come. 
And we have a lot more things to say that's really at the beginning of, you know, a whole process which has been co-opted in a way that's working against us. So you want me to, it's not exceptionally long. You want me to read their uh, virus isolation statement? Sure. From those, those two. All right. So statement on virus isolation. Isolation, the act of isolating, the factor condition of being isolated or standing alone, separation from other things or persons, solitariness. The controversy over whether the SARS-CoV-2 virus has ever been isolated or purified continues. However, using the above definition, common sense, the laws of logic, and the dictates of science, any unbiased person must come to the conclusion that the SARS-CoV-2 virus has never been isolated or purified. As a result, no confirmation of the virus's existence can be found. The logical, common sense, and scientific consequences of this fact are this Structure and composition of something not known to exist can't be known, including the present structure and function of any hypothetical spike or other proteins. The genetic sequence of something that has never been found can't be known. Variants of something that hasn't been shown to exist can't be known. And it's impossible to demonstrate that SARS-CoV-2 causes a disease called COVID-19. In as concise terms as possible, Here's the proper way to isolate, characterize, and demonstrate a new virus. First, one takes samples, blood, sputum, secretions from many people, like 500 people, with symptoms which are unique and specific enough to characterize an illness. Without mixing these samples with any tissue or products that also contain genetic material, the virologist macerates, filters, ultracentrifuges, i.e. purifies the specimen. This common virology technique done for decades to isolate bacteriophages and so-called giant viruses in every virology lab, then allows the virologist to demonstrate with electron microscopy thousands of identically sized and shaped particles. These particles are the isolated and purified virus. These identical particles are then checked for uniformity by physical and or microscopic techniques. Once the purity is determined, the particles may be further characterized. This would include examining the structure, morphology, and chemical composition of the particles. Next, their genetic makeup is characterized by extracting the genetic material directly from the purified particles and using genetic sequencing. (coughs) Sorry, I'm out of water. Such as Sanger's sequencing, which have been around for decades. Then one does an analysis to confirm that these uniform particles are exogenous, outside in origin as a virus is conceptualized to be and not the normal breakdown products of dead and dying tissues. As of May 2020, we know that virologists have no way to determine whether the particles they're seeing are viruses or just normal breakdown products of dead and dying tissues. (coughs) Excuse me. Just as a side note, that's admitted that's why you know the pcr quote test can't tell whether you're sick or not so anyway we'll stop there there's a little more to it but um we've kind of referred to it that's their actual written out statement they're the no virus people and they make some good points gotta say 
know, ter- terrain versus germ theory, it's all a Rockefeller scheme. <laughs> well, the the idea of germ theory and then what do we do about germs? We prescribe pills and we we make vaccines. Vaccines is definitely a big part of the agenda. I have no good news in my folder to end with. <clears throat> well, I've got the the other clips a little. Oh, that's happier. right. You're and ne- and you're next. for for context here, uh, this was a video that they did in response to Joseph Mercola, who I I like Mercola, um, and he was saying, "Don't listen to these morons." Uh, of course the virus exists, and here's some papers that prove it. And they go through what the papers say, and they have arguments on why it doesn't prove what Mercola says it proves. Uh, but then I I kind of liked the humility of uh, both of them, actually. But uh, Tom Cowan's kind of closing statement, which is the, the other clip I thought was uh, worth listening to. About four to five years ago, something like that, I wrote a book, this this second in a series of three, called Vaccines and Autoimmunity, or Changing Nature. And in there, so this is not that long ago, four years ago, this is after somebody who was part of the so-called AIDS dissident movement, HIV has nothing to do with AIDS. And in that book, I wrote that polio had nothing to do with the virus, it was lead arsenic and DDT and maybe some other things. And yet, as hard as it is to admit, um, I talked about measles virus and chickenpox virus. And even, so not even me, also me, writing a book about vaccines, I did not know how, what a, how to make a live viral vaccine. I did not know that a live viral vaccine is essentially just a toxic viro cell culture that they clean up a little bit and inject. And how could I have possibly written a dissenting book on vaccines without knowing how did they even make a vaccine or what was in them? Now, in my defense, I would say there were some good things in that book. And I've heard a lot of people say that book really helped me understand some things about medicine, and I decided not to vaccinate my children. So all that's uh, good news. But if you ask, if I ask myself, how did I get it so wrong after all those years of it right in my face? I mean, my friends and people I knew, and all I can say is I just didn't look into it. Why? I have no idea. I've said over and over again, every mistake I made um, was because I didn't question the dominant narrative enough. I sometimes had a little piece in my mind saying, you should do it, and I just didn't do it. My point is, I, 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 I say this because even though I'm a little embarrassed and it's sheepish to say it, um, It actually, you know, I I didn't do it out of malicious intent. I just, I was wrong. And what happens then is it sort of clears the air 
it clears the space. And then I could learn something else. I kind of hoped for a while nobody would notice and ask me, but eventually they did. And so I had to fess up. And, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't look into this. Of course, like Andy says, they should do their own study. Look into it. Don't believe us. Don't believe them. Don't believe anybody. But more and more people, the world will leave you behind if you don't start to understand that there is a whole new way of looking at health and illness. And one of the most gratifying things that I hear from so many people now is when I finally understand what you and Andy and Stefan and other people are saying, it's like this weight, this relief off my shoulders. I can go out into the world. I have no fear. I'm healthier. Life is better. And no matter how many times you tell us not to say it, people are going to seek that experience. They're going to go after it. They're going to find it, whether it's Andy or I or anybody else. There's nothing you can do. There's no lawsuit. There's, you can't win these things except by telling people the truth. And that's why we're doing this. The effort to squash this movement is absolutely futile. So, you know, that's why that melds with my philosophy that if you really think it's true, you go ahead and say it. You know, it, you don't worry about, well, I don't want to distract from a bigger issue or I don't want to, you know, get caught being wrong. Yeah. It's like if, if you really think it's true, you say it. And that's the only thing you, you have to answer for. And, you know, I've, we've been wrong plenty of times, yeah, but we have, we haven't been wrong because we were, trying to deceive or because we were uh, afraid to say what we actually thought. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the reason for uh, basically not trying to make a living out of this and, and for not having advertisers and not, you know, not getting sucked into that system is, you know, you research, you 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 find people that you, that are trying to tell the truth. And then you use your own discernment to figure out, does this make sense when I compare this evidence to that evidence? You know, you use your own knowledge and discernment to, to figure out what you believe. And I'm not saying I've got everything figured out, but I wholeheartedly believe that you got to follow the truth wherever it goes. Amen. If yeah. you think, you know, if we can just get people to be against the COVID-19 vaccines, everything will be okay. No. No. It's like it, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of other parts of the It's a good start. <laughs> that would be good, you know. <laughs> and I think some people are in, a, I guess, a prominent enough role that I really appreciate that they don't go beyond what they can absolutely prove. And document, right. sure. You know, and I'm not. I'm not saying that that's a a bad way to go. What I'm saying is that the the self censorship is 
going to be more damaging to us than the um, government or cor- corporate censorship. That's a great point, my friend. I uh, I couldn't agree more. The, the last, gosh, coming up on uh, 10 years doing this podcast. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, over the, 10, right? That's right. No, that's right. We, we just passed 10. We're coming up on 11. So a little over 10 years doing this podcast. But yeah, but, uh, hopefully it comes through. I pray it comes through to the listeners. But if we're wrong about everything tomorrow, that's fine. <laughs> We're just trying. We're just two guys who have a chat who try to figure out what in the world is actually happening. <laughs> and we're not married to any doctrine. Nobody's paycheck depends on it. And, you know, neither of us are going to be, you know, disappointed if that doesn't happen. Uh, I guess all aside from one doctrine, and that would be Jesus Christ is the real God and uh, he is the only way. I think uh, yeah. you're, and- you're, 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 you're following the truth where it goes is, is essentially why I'm even here doing this podcast at all mm-hmm. is because back in 2007, seven or eight, I also got the internet, you know, in my house and began to look at nine 11 truth and, and look at all these crazy conspiracy videos. And then I saw zeitgeist and I thought, Oh my gosh, if Jesus isn't real. <laughs> then I just got to move on with my life. And I just got to prove once and for all that this dude isn't even real. And and then, uh, then I'll just be like, hey, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to find some other religion. This is just the one I was raised in. It doesn't necessarily have to be real. And as anybody out there who's a Christian that's listening to this knows, that's a great place to be. Because as soon as you try to prove that Jesus isn't real, you got to get some real... Some real interesting uh, conclusions that you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, like a lot of people that hated Jesus lied about him being real. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a lot of people were willing to die rather than say to that deny he wasn't Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, like really for a made-up story. Interesting. You would get. Torn apart by lions for for a lie that you knew wasn't true? Interesting. Cru- crucified upside down? <laughs> Thrown into the Colosseum? Anyway, you investigate then, the truth wherever it could take you, and it, it's just... Go ahead. And the, you know, like I've said before, the truth always goes in the direction of the Bible is more literally true than I previously thought. It never goes in like, <laughs> hey, you know, that that science stuff and the stuff I learned in college and, you know, media and what have you, that's actually, there's a lot to that and a lot less to the Bible than I thought. No, it always goes the other direction. <laughs> Tell them about the firmament, Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Future episode there. We'll, we'll do the... Uh, the flat earth Bible verse episode at some point. <laughs> I got more clips and stories, but they're all negative, And I think that was a great way to end it. Follow truth, wherever truth goes. And uh, yeah, we reserve the right to change our mind at any given time. And you should too. Yeah. And if you're, you should be able to consider opposing ideas without it upsetting you. If you, if it physically, causes a reaction and causes you to get upset at someone because they have an opposing view to you, 
that's a sign that you've been propagandized. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that person's right, but it means that, you know, try to take a step back and, you know, there, there's not much people can say to me, well, there's, there's stuff that irks me, <laughs> you know, the, the evil in the world irks me, but there's no like idea that's going to be, you know, like, Oh wow. That upsets me. I can't even consider that that might be true. You know, like you, you just mentioned really the most offensive possible idea that the whole, you know, Jesus Christ never existed. It was all a lie. It's all, it's all bogus. And, you know, that idea doesn't offend me. I just don't, I don't buy it <laughs> at all. Quite the opposite. There you go. Yeah. Any words of wisdom for us? I think that it's pretty much, pretty much what I wanted to say. Uh, hopefully it kind of ties a, ties a bow on, on the, the narrative of this episode. And I think I, you know, I'd like some feedback to people like the shorter, more like social media based clips or what they thought of more kind of long form from, I guess, sources that we agree with more than the Klaus Schwab clips, which are always fun too. But. <laughs> Yeah, send us uh, send us some feedback. That would be great. You can always go to revelationsradionews.com and then click on the contact tab. Send us an email or, uh, yeah, do it that way and we'll get back to you. And if I don't get back to you immediately, then maybe Proton Mail didn't get to you. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like these emails aren't getting to people, but it is what it is. Uh, if I didn't get to you, then maybe email me again because I thought I emailed a lot of people and they didn't get it. So having an issue with my email or something yeah but i don't know with gmail in particular i don't know not a lot of our listeners listen or have gmail big shock yeah which is good (laughs) big big shocker most of our listeners just gmail just got crazy like if i don't know if you're not paying them off they don't deliver your email but yeah no kidding okay well then uh thanks for joining us for show guys and next week uh we'll do it again copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-